Hello and welcome to the Weekly Stuff Podcast with Jonathan Lack and Sean Chapman. As always, we are here to talk about stuff. This is another kind of random week for us, right? Yeah, I mean, there hasn't been a whole lot of, like, you know, no really big, great movie that both of us are interested in has come out, and, like, Infamous is coming out on Friday, tomorrow, from when we're recording this, so... Yeah, so this, is kind, of, about, this but... is kind of a calm before the storm week, because yeah. I think next week we're going to have a big topic with Infamous. Week after that, we're going to... I mean, Captain America 2 is coming up, there's a lot of games coming, there's, there's just, it's, it's getting to that busy season, and we've got other topics in mind that we will soon have more time to do. Yeah. Uh, that's the other thing, we're still kind of busy this week. Yeah. Yeah. So you've had a lot of tests, Sean? I've had a test every single day so far this week. Although well, I have no classes at all tomorrow, so it's like, nice. I am officially, I'm done. Yes, and I, I'm done for, for now, too. It was a busy couple of weeks there, and I, as I was saying before the podcast, I had a three-hour film history test. Where I filled every page but one of a blue book. Yeah. So that's been fun. Yeah. But anyway, we're going to talk about some various, just, you know, little things here, kind of a quiet podcast this week. But just to spice some things up, we've brought on a special guest star. Hi, I'm Thomas Lack. Yes, this is my brother Thomas. Uh, you may remember him from WGTC Radio episode number four. Yeah, that's, was uh, how many years ago is that now? That was back in 2012. Yeah, 2012. 2012. Thomas a is my podcast iteration ago. Yes, yeah. Thomas is my brother. Yes, hence the last name being identical. It's a fair point. It could be a coincidence. It's it could not, be, but it's, it's not. not. It's not. Yes. Okay. So Thomas is my brother. Uh, he likes some of the same stuff we do. Sometimes, yes. Well, yeah. I like electronic media things, and as I understand it, that's typically what you guys tend to talk about. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, typically, yeah. I don't know. We we almost got into a political discussion last political. week. Yeah, oh. and like around the time the last time you were on, I think we started talking about Plato in one podcast. So yes, that we was. Go, we go places. Sometimes we try not to. <laughs> we very much try not to. No, but Thomas, you like Doctor Who. I do like Doctor Who. You but are. we're not talking about Doctor Who, so that's not really relevant. Well, you today. could. I mean, he he brought it up. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and there's nothing to talk about right now. Yeah, no. We're so I'm we're still maintaining my visual of. My my vigil of not seeing anything. I don't really know if you can call that a vigil. Yes. I wanted. I I have not seen his fucking costume yet. So right, we are we are in the desert right now between Doctor Who seasons. Yeah, it's a long. It's a drought. Yes, it's a long drought. So there's that. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Persona today, but Thomas, you've never played Persona. No, any Personas. But I've watched you play Persona, and I've listened to some of the Persona Four soundtrack. That's true. In because the, you play it on road trips sometimes. Yes. Oh. That makes road trips awesome. Man. That's, probably, I, that's probably pretty good. I made on our last road trip a Persona 4 mix, and that was like the happiest two hours of driving. Cause, and, and then it got well, sad, because when Nautico, that yeah. part of it comes up, when it got to you know the Heaven song, I just I was driving and just like crying she my eyes She didn't made out. a mix that's just like a loop of the song that plays when the town is covered in fog. There's just like this weird, <laughs> creepy atmosphere, just like... Bruh, 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 bruh. Where you just played that constantly and driven everyone else in the car insane. Yes. Well, he managed the latter half of it. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, it was kind of grating. Persona music is amazing. No, it was good. Fuck I you. Just, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't understand. Awesome music was going I didn't on. I yeah. context for it. All right. Thomas, what have you been up to? Uh, well, I'm on spring break, so I've just been... I mean, I've been playing video games pretty much. Yes. 
Yeah, I think that's here. basically all any of us here have done. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for like the past week, that's not been like work stuff. It's just yeah. video games. Uh, we we saw a movie I'd like to talk about quick. Okay, yeah. because you said no big movie. The movie that I am convinced will be the best movie of the year for me for the rest of the year. We did see. That's a dangerous pro- proclamation to make a couple of months into the year. It's true. It's just one. It's the only time I think I've ever this early in the year felt even vaguely confident to make that kind of distinction, though. So, so you're making a critical error. You have forgotten that. Godzilla comes out this year, so... <laughs> that Godzilla... There have been new trailers we have not talked about hmm. for that Godzilla movie. They've been good. Yes. They've been really good. Which is why you're wrong. <laughs> Godzilla's going to be the best movie that's going to come out I, this year. I did... I, we did, I did have a... You know, I have a film... Graduate film seminar, and uh, I did move us into talking about Godzilla, the 1954 film, for about 20 minutes there. Nice. So. You should have tried to move them to talk about, like... Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. It was hard. Seen how far a conversation was, about like other Godzilla movies could go. This was specifically about like representations of nuclear war in film, so it was tough to move in that direction. Next time you start talking about like environmentalism in films, start ta- try to like go watch the movie Godzilla versus the Smog Monster and bring that up. Yes. The so. importance of the scene where Godzilla lifts himself off the ground and projects himself through the air through his atomic breath. The only time he's ever done that in any movie is in that movie. So talk about that scene. Yes. Well, anyway, the movie we saw this week, it's playing in Denver, now in limited release. It's going wider throughout the country. I mean, it's in other cities right now, too. But um, we live in Denver, obviously. It's going wider next week. It, uh, well, when this podcast comes out, it will have come wider, actually. It's Wes Anderson's new film, The Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, as you all know, probably, Wes Anderson, one of my very favorite directors, and this is one of his very best movies. Um, it's really amazing. It's, it's you know, you can read my review online uh, on jonathanlack.com. It's, it's, you know, I have everything I want to say is in that review, so we're not going to talk about it too much here. Mm-hmm. But, Thomas, you saw the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yes, I was with you. Yes. That place was packed. Yes, it was sold out basically every showing all weekend. That was, that was the only theater in the state that's showing it, right? Yes, and we had to, we went over there once. Uh, in the afternoon and it was already sold out and so mm-hmm. then we went back home and bought tickets online and came back yeah. it's probably silly of us to even try it yeah but. well but it's it's yeah it's just it's interesting it's, it's a fantastic movie it's got some of the best cinematography I've ever seen beautiful production design uh, really great acting especially from Ray Fiennes is the main character Gustav H one of my favorite movie characters just in years he's, he's amazing um, everything about it is is really really well done it's very funny uh it's very entertaining it's also very dramatically satisfying and satisfying on character levels it's set between the two world wars and those are always on the fringes but it's kind of like you know kind of like genre noir rules of the game kind of style of um really kind of talking about the war and about war related issues without directly confronting them in in like a war narrative and it's it seems more like kind of a background setting rather than a plot point well, yeah, it's like one of the, one of the things I said in my review is that they specifically the important part of the story is not really what's focused on, which is how the war is affecting these characters, and right. the, and, and instead it's still kind of a smaller story with them, um, but says a lot about these themes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, so. I have a question: at yes. any point in the movie, does a giant monster fight another giant monster? No, I well, don't care. I don't care. No, it's got Willem Dafoe doing awesome Willem Dafoe things. Okay, I care a little bit now. Okay, does and Willem Jeff Def- Goldblum. Okay, I care a little bit more now. Yeah, Willem Dafoe and Jeff Goldblum are they, kind of a face-off. Are, oh, they okay, because I was going to ask if they have screen time, then I care substantially more. Yes, yeah. Willem Dafoe does something horrifying to Jeff Goldblum. Okay, that's... You can't just say that, because now my imagination's going all kinds of places <laughs> that I really shouldn't be. Can we get, like, a two-man stage show between Willem Dafoe and Jeff Goldblum? I, yeah, I think we should. 
I th- our podcast has that power, right? We can do that. I hope so. Those would be two guests I would love to have. <laughs> yeah. I just, I want Willem Dafoe to sit here and say into my mic, Sleep. <laughs> I gotta ask. Yeah. Have you ever had a guest? Uh, yeah. No. no. Look where you are. <laughs> I mean, other than me. I guess not. Especially not on this version of the podcast. But No. Yeah. We tried to get Matt Smith once, but he was busy. <laughs> yeah, he didn't respond to our emails. <laughs> Did you actually email Matt Smith? No. <laughs> of course not. Why not? He lives in England. Yeah, why not He'll... try it? He's and other things. Money. He yeah. Fly. Yeah. Yeah. Him being in England is the only reason, John. Yes. I don't know what you're talking about. I know. It's if, if, you know, if we had celebrities in close yeah, geographic he, proximity. He lived in LA. It's like, oh, that would be easy. But nah, he's you know, over in the UK. There's no way we could get him over here. No, but Grand Budapest Hotel, fantastic. You know, I really love the hell out of this movie. It's one of my favorite directors doing, uh, you know, a, a movie like nothing he's ever done before. So, really, really cool. Highly recommend it. We'll be showing in more theaters now. It's a film that's shot in multiple aspect ratios, and pick a theater that you trust, because I just, I know, like, a, chain theaters are going to misproject it. Because <laughs> it, like, happens in, in widescreen, in, in full screen, the 4 by 3 ratio, in other aspect ratios, I just know they're going to mess it up somehow. So, yeah, just keep that in mind. Yeah. Alright. Uh, have, you, have you seen any movies, Sean? <laughs> no. I've seen movies, no. Do you want to talk about a Godzilla movie? I I got a, a DVD that has Rodan and War of the Gargantuas on it. Actually, nice. it's two. It's it's one case, but two DVDs. I was so happy when I got it because it was like, it's not that bullshit. Like one movie's on one side, one movie's on the other side. I hate those DVDs, but it's got the original Japanese version with English subtitles, which is very hard to find for those movies. Yes, it is. There's a ton of Godzilla Blu-rays coming out this yeah. year. Unfortunately, most of those are for like the shitty Godzilla movies. But... I know, but. Which ones are the shitty ones? Most of the ones made in like the seventies, like the it's it's like Godzilla versus Gigan, Godzilla versus the Smog Monster, Godzilla versus the Sea Monster, Godzilla's Revenge is the worst one. Like of those, course. they're awful. Like there's like a lot of the Godzilla movies are legit. Like even like you know obviously the first one's a legitimate classic, but a lot of the other ones are legitimately good movies. Like okay. I don't even enjoy them ironically. The movies that I just mentioned, the only way you can try to enjoy them is ironically. The only one of those I really like, the really bad ones that I kind of like, is Godzilla vs. Megalon, because it's just, that one's bad in a fun way. Yes. So that's like, got a giant, like, transforming robot and shit. Nice. And, and we will be doing a Godzilla podcast. Yes. When, when that new movie comes out, we will talk about many of these movies in depth. I'm excited for that. When, uh, when is that movie coming out? It's like the second second week of May or yeah. something. Like, yeah. It's coming out. They're, they're putting it in kind of a prime summer spot, which is interesting to me. Hmm. So I... But it looks good. Those, again, those trailers are confident. They're yeah. not... And, and they just... They, they clearly... There's artistic integrity behind yeah. this film. Yeah. So that's nice. But anyway, let's talk some video game stuff. Okay. Sean, you've played Dark Souls 2. I've played a lot, a lot of Dark Souls 2. That is a long fucking game, dude. It's longer than... I think I'm at the point where in the original Dark Souls I would have finished the game by now, and I think I'm only like two-thirds of the way through. It's hard to tell. How many times have you died? (laughs) A lot. I was actually just checking. I think I would look... Because they have in the game, they have this like monument that you can go up to. If you hit A on it, it it, it, like tells you worldwide all the deaths that have happened in Dark Souls 2. Well, I wish there may be somewhere in the game that you can see this, but I don't know where it would be. I wish that thing also told you how many of your deaths there are. Because so, I'm curious. I actually have no idea. But yeah. worldwide, I think it was like 20 million something deaths <laughs> in the game that I just checked. That's pretty great. When I got the game, it was like we, they 
just broken a million like the first time I checked it. So since I've started playing it, a lot of people have died in that fucking game. Sounds good. Uh, so Dark Souls Two, how does it compare to the original? Is it good? Is it bad? Uh, it's really good. It's I'm not sure. Like it's really interesting because the game is, like I said, it's a lot longer, and I don't even know how much further I have to go because they have a fast travel system in the game, which Dark Souls One kind of had, but you only got it like halfway through. So when you go to the bonfire in Dark Souls 2, you can load up this fast travel menu that has like kind of this grid, and it's a grid of like, it's like 3x3 three three or 3x4 three initially, and you fill that up relatively quickly. So at first I was like, oh, like I thought that was all the places in the game you could fast travel to. It was like, oh, this is a really short game. I think I'm almost done with it. It was like, oh wait, no, this menu starts scrolling once you get past that. I think I've like filled up two times, like like the whole thing twice. I could scroll all the way down Jeez. with all these different areas, and it's really... Like there are way more bosses. I feel like you ever like every single area basically has a boss instead of like maybe every like three areas or four areas in the original Dark Souls had a big boss in it. And so like I don't know, man. Like this game is super fucking long, but it is a it is a ton of fun. Nice. So how does it how does it differ from the original? Um uh, like there's it's the fundamentals are basically the same and there's a lot of like since you have not played Dark Souls, like, right. if you had played Dark Souls, we could have a really long discussion about, like, really intricate changes, because this is the kind of game where you learn to, like, you learn everything about it when yeah. you play it. But the major stuff that they've changed is, like, they added that fast travel system. The game is a lot less linear. Not to say that the original Dark Souls was linear, but, like, when you started the original Dark Souls, there's basically one area you could go to, and then you would go to another area, and then you go to another area, and you more or less had to do them in that order, and then you would unlock, like, four areas that you could then tackle in any order you wanted to. In this game, it's like everyone go would go to the same first area, and then probably the same second area, and then it's like there are all these different branching ways you can go, where it's like, I think I went down... There's this whole in the main town you start in that you if you try to go down it you die initially but you can buy a ring that reduces fall damage so I bought that ring really early on just to see like what the fuck is down this hole because I have to know because yeah. it's a massive gaping hole that every time I return to the main town I see so I jump down there and I clear that whole area out and by the time you get to the end you kill one of the four major bosses that there's like these four like big bosses that you have to kill for the first section of the game and that was the first one of those I killed and I was like holy shit, like, I had no idea, like, this was, like, this whole, like, long path of the game that I think I was not supposed to go there yet, technically, like, I think I was a little underleveled, but then coming out of that, that meant I was kind of overleveled for other areas, and there's a lot of, like, there's so many different pathways you can go down that, like, you, that it's completely non-linear, like, I've, I've talked to some other people at school who have been playing the game that have, like, they have not gone down that hole yet and, like, went to this other area that I didn't even know existed that's, like, I went there and it's like I should have been here like 20 levels ago that kind of thing it's really it's really interesting I know nice. the map just sort of like grows so I mean my primary question here because I haven't yes. I, I have Dark Souls 1 I've never played it yes. played a little bit of it I was I was like I want to play this but I will need significantly more time <laughs> yes. it seems intimidating yeah uh, would you recommend Dark Souls 2 as a good jumping in point if you haven't played 1 I think so like, like the Dark Souls games are not story driven although Dark Souls 2 has a lot more like there are a lot more NPCs that have like dialogue where in Dark Souls 1 like each NBC you ran into maybe had like five sentences to tell you and then this one they have like recurring characters that you keep on meeting that like it's not really in-depth story but there's a little bit more there there's a little more emotional attachment to characters you run into so it's like this, there's no sort of like oh you need to have played Dark Souls 1 to understand like the mythology of the series and stuff you can jump right into Dark Souls 2 and while it's still 
it's very difficult. Like, I don't think it's quite as hard, but it's really difficult to tell because I've have already played Dark Souls 1. Like, I have all that sort of, like, knowledge and experience built up that I don't know for a new player how they would approach Dark Souls 2. But I think it is a little bit easier. It's definitely easier at the beginning. Dark Souls 1 fucks you in the beginning of the game. Like, very intentionally, like, in the first area, you encounter a boss that is meant to kill you that you then have to go back and kill later. Dark Souls 2 does not do that. Dark Souls 2 is like... There are enemies in the first area that if you're an idiot and you run to go fight, they will clearly kick your ass, but you can completely avoid them, and you're supposed to avoid them the first time through. And you can... The game eases you into it a little bit more. It explains some of the stat stuff a little bit better, although it's still... I don't like there. Once you start leveling up enough, if you want to, like, figure out a really good character build to make, you kind of have to engage with, like, the online community to sort of figure out, like, okay, like, how high do I get my dexterity to be until, like, you get kind of diminishing returns in this game. It's like, when you get strength or dexterity to 40, past that point, you don't get a lot of, like, attack bonuses for how much stats you're giving and stuff like that. So it still has a very intricate aspect that you need to sort of involve yourself with other people playing the game, either online or, in like, personally to get the most out of it, because it's still intimidating in that way. But I think it's, it, it is easier yeah. It's easier to get into. It's not... It will still fucking kick your ass. Right. But I think it, it's... More people will be able to bounce back in Dark Souls 2 in a way that, like, Dark Souls 1, like, when it kicked you in the ass at the beginning, I think a lot of people kind of, like, checked out of that game. Yeah. I'm just thinking, like, you know, uh, if, 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 if I can only pick one 60-hour game of these two to play, yeah. I would probably go with I would, I'd go with Dark Souls 2. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, like, I'm... Obviously, I can't really say whether or not it's better than the first one until I've beaten it, but I, it's probably better. Like, it's... They are very different games. Like, by the time I've gotten to this point, while, like, the gameplay mechanics are very similar, a lot of, like, the feel of it is very different in interesting ways, but... Well, and you were kind of worried that this one wasn't going to be able to live up to that first one. Yeah, because Dark Souls 1 is such a weird... It's such a weird game, and it's it, it walks such a tight balance between being fair and being difficult, and sometimes it goes over the line to being just insanely cheap in a couple of areas. And Dark Souls 2, like, I was worried that, like, that would be a really hard sort of, like, magic to recapture, but I think Dark Souls 2 definitely does it. And I've only run into, there's, like, two areas that are, and only really one area that's total fucking bullshit, and another area that's kind of bullshit, and one boss fight that is total fucking bullshit. <laughs> but that's like, there's like four more for Dark Souls 1. So. Nice. So overall, there's less total fucking bullshit in this game than there was in Dark Souls 1. Sounds like a ringing endorsement. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so, I mean, Sean, yes. Infamous Second Son, we're both getting it tomorrow. Yes. Uh, I was really relieved this morning to see that the reviews were all yeah, raved. Really good. Yeah. And not, I was like, okay, thank God I didn't waste 60 bucks. Yeah. Because I didn't have any way to know because the reviews came out, you know, after the my Amazon had shipped and everything. Yeah. But no. Uh, so I'm excited to play that game. How are you going to handle this? So you've got a lot more Dark Souls 2 to yeah, play. I don't know. Like, I think now I, I'm going to spend, like, today and the weekend playing a lot of Dark Souls 2 to try yeah. to just, like... Because I, I don't want to... I don't think I'm going to start Second Son until I finish Dark Souls 2. But I think now that I have a lot of free time, I don't have a test to fucking worry over, I'm just going to push through that game as fast as I can. Because also my guy now is really insanely powerful so nice. I think I can kind of push through most of it right but uh, I'm, I'm, uh, that'll be definitely our, you know, our topic next week is talking yeah. Infamous Second Son and uh, hopefully more of Dark Souls 2 here so yes. uh, we'll move on um, other video game stuff uh, as I noted we t just told the story last week of my adventure buying a Wii U Yes, one of my favorite stories we've ever told on here 
because it was certainly educational. Yes, uh, very educational. But we've what, uh, Thomas. Was this the story of you setting it up? Yes. Yes. Okay. That was mostly it. And and initial things like you know just the ninety to ninety one percent jump and things like that. <laughs> yeah. The 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 transfer from the Wii to the Wii U sounded the most atrocious part of it. I I encountered another Nintendo transfer problem this morning. This was not really Wii U. Dumb. I'm surprised. This was not Wii U related. So, you know Pokemon Y and Pokemon X. Yes. So they released this. X these, comes first. Okay, Pokemon X and Y. They released these new, you know, apps: Pokemon Transporter and Pokemon Bank. So you could, you know, put your Pokemon from other games into Pokemon X and Y. And they're like, they're just. They've gone all the way to just treating Pokemon like commodities. Like they, they're they're living creatures. Like Pokemon Bank, you fucking monsters. Well, what if you, you, what if you had a yeah? Well, what if you had a person bank? Like what if you <laughs> talked like that? Like what you fucking disgusting motherfuckers. It's it is disgusting. Even more disgusting. I'll simplify this, but I just wanted to get my awesome Pokemon from Pokemon Heart Gold, which I played years ago. But I've got like a level eighty Charizard. You really should have played Soul Silver. I've got okay. Soul Silver was pretty good. Lugia is way cooler than Holo. I like Holo. Except in Heart Gold, you can actually when you encounter Lugia, he'll be a higher level. Uh, interesting. But Silver yeah. is a cooler color. It is Soul cool. Silver is that's you know you've got some ass in this there. So. Well, Tom's played Soul Silver. We couldn't both yeah. play Soul Silver. That'd be ridiculous. Yeah, how could we catch them all? <laughs> Did you cast them all? No. <laughs> yeah, no. I've done that. Horrible. I have done that though on Emerald. When, I caught them. Oh, well, yeah, Emerald. Yeah, fine. That's when there were like less than a thousand fucking Pokemon. <laughs> no, but but no. Now, anyway, so I wanted to get some Pokemon into Pokemon X and Y. So a couple weeks ago, I tried this with Heart Gold. Realized. For some reason, Pokemon Transporter, these apps, will not read from anything before black and white. <laughs> so I couldn't use Heart Gold. You can transfer your Pokemon from Gold and Silver into black and white. So, and I'm like, okay, I'll do that. And I start up my game of black. And since I never finished that game, you can't do any transfers huh. for and some see, reason. That's your problem. No, they could have programmed no, it differently. The real no, problem here, black the real problem here, is that they're asking you to finish a game that they've made like six times now, and it's like yes. I'm not going to beat another fucking Pokemon game because it's just the same game. It, it was, and Black and White are particularly, uh, they've got some problems, and yeah. especially today they have they have aged fine. horribly. They they look like utter garbage. They look the worst graphically of any of the Pokemon games. It's amazing. Um, they have not aged at all. It's really like you can barely read the text. It's so blurry on the 3ds. Hmm. You're using a 3ds XL too. Yeah, but when I put Heart Gold in there, there's no problems graphically whatsoever, and they're just, they came I'm out a year apart. So anyway, but yes. Yeah, so for some reason they've they've programmed it. Say they always it's a barrier to get your Pokemon from one game into the other game. It can't just it can never be easy. So this is tough. So I finally I'm like Thomas comes home. He's got he's finished white. So I'm like I'll put my Pokemon in his game. And then I'll transfer it into Pokemon Transporter. But to get them from Heart Gold to White, you have to you have to go through this really elaborate process where you have to find this one place in the game. It's not where you really can go. elaborate. It's you go to the place where you transfer Pokemon. I'm going to talk to you about your Pokemon. But is it not like? Can you not just go to like any Poke Center? To you cannot. You cannot. Huh. You have to go to a specific route that you do not go to during the main events of the game. You have to go through. All of Route 15, which you don't go to, I guess, like in white in the main game proper. Uh, so you can't just fly there either. So you finally get there, and then there's a long cutscene where they have to do this, like, you know, this professor has built this amazing machine, and they have to, you know, contextualize all of it for you. Then you start it up. Like, but haven't they had these basic exact same machines in every Poké Center since the beginning of the franchise? Exactly. So finally you start it up. You, you, you do it, and you, you pick your Pokemon, and you say you're going to transfer them. It seems relatively easy. It's been a bit of a hassle up till now. Not the worst thing in the world. 
then it becomes the worst thing in the world. Because to get your Pokemon in, you have to play a mini-game where they, your Pokemon are on the top screen. There's a bunch of bushes, and they're running and hiding behind what? them. And on the bottom screen, you have a slingshot and a Pokeball. What? And you have to hit the Pokemon with the Pokeball with the slingshot using the touchscreen and the stylus. And that's the only way they will transfer. Wait, wait, wait. So, but you're telling me that they bothered to create a cutscene to contextualize the technology. Like, yes. there's, like, a professor that made this machine, and it's, like, they're, like, talking about it. So you're telling me that contextually, within the world of Pokemon, what has happened is you have put your Pokemon into some sort of, like, cybernetic grass field and you have to hit them with like cyber pokeballs is yes. that like that like literally that is what is happening in the context of the universe I, they don't explain the mini game part but that's but that's the implication that yes. you're bothering to explain any of it at all is that the mini game would be part of the context yes I guess so but yeah and it's super difficult because you have to hit them while they're running between bushes and in three of these mini games I tried to do one of my Pokemon I tried to get uh, who I really wanted to transfer, never ran out from behind his bush. He would mm. pop his head out, but popping his head out isn't enough. He what, has to what, be moving. What Pokemon was it? That was Typhlosion. Yeah, well, that's what you get for yeah. picking a stupid Pokemon. Okay, well, he was like level 80. I wanted him anyway. Couldn't get him. The only one I could really get was Charizard. It was really... And they well, give there you, you go. There's that's a, a good Pokemon. Yeah, there's a time limit, too. And so I just... And if you don't get it, you don't get to have those Pokemon in Pokemon Black and you White. You say that like it's the end of the thing. You just do it again. You can't... You didn't play the minigame, Thomas. You it's didn't let terrible. me play the minigame. Okay, here's my problem. I bet I could you are all of your Pokemon You are. Session. You are the classic Nintendo fan in that whatever the I am f- not the classic Nintendo what, fan. What, I'm not saying it's an intelligent decision, but it's probably a lot faster than the first Pal Park they did, which is... Where you had to go out into the field and actually it's, catch all your Pokemon it's again. It's still bad! Yeah, it's Might, still completely useless. Like it It's should still s- bad. It's not nearly as bad as you were making it sound when you were, no, when you were sitting with is. me trying to do it. It is that I, bad. I, it it is that possibly bad. be. You're, you're saying this is the worst thing that's ever happened to the world of Pokemon. That's not what I said, but I did say it's a terrible, terrible design decision. And you have this apologist attitude, as many Nintendo fans do, that whatever they do is okay. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm saying it's not the worst thing in the world. It's you not the just, worst thing in the you world. You just deal with it and accept that that's the way it is and you're just going to have to do it that way to get your Pokemon but and that's not that or you could, or you could start a revolution you don't have to take it Jonathan you don't have to take it or you, you can, can realize you can't take it with a fucking deal. Nintendo's offices I don't want to start a revolution yeah. but I also think it's a weird attitude to say whatever they do is fine because that's the way it is that's why Nintendo is well, so stagnant what are stagnant. you going to do about it though Jonathan I'm not saying I'm going to do anything about it it's a problem it's a problem that clearly they are not fixing because the Wii U has so many of these issues and it's why they are struggling as a company to get anything done All right. so, so I, it's I, not I, just me I have a question yes so if, so if, you said if you fail the mini game, you can't then transfer them. Like you can't just no, try, you again. Can try again. You can try again. But it's, it's but you have ter- so you do have to you have to do the mini game again. Yes. Okay. And so you have to like, start the whole process over. And it but the way you time. made it sound like because I was going to make a joke when you were telling that story that like if you fail to do it, you should lose the Pokemon forever, and then it sounded like that's what you said at the end. But that's like, no, that's not what happens. But it that is. would be way funnier if like you just lost that Typhlosion forever because you failed the mini game. That they would, should have done that. That would be funny. I would have laughed at that. But no, it's <laughs> you, you have to start. No, the you whole... would have broken your fucking 3ds. You I would have broken my 3ds. You would have broken his 3ds. I don't. It's, it's you broke the controller. It's been known to happen. I have regular controller. One controller. You also, in my whole life. Well, you broke something else, but I guess I won't talk about it. No, Sean knows. <laughs> broke the windshield in my car. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yes, yeah, so we talked about it on this podcast before. Yeah, we have. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yes, it's just it's a terrible, terrible process, and then you finally get into Pokemon Transporter, and they don't tell you how it works. They just show you your first box in the game, and says you can either transfer your entire box what? or nothing. 
What? And they don't tell you any other context beyond that. And then Thomas looked it up online, and online on you know non Nintendo affiliated websites, you can learn that they only accept box one. Whatever you want to transfer, you put in there. But yes, you can only transfer that stuff. You're saying that like it's a horrible thing. It it's, is. It's not. You just you learn that's how it is. Okay. Again, again, I'm not being apologistic. You are. I'm being that, optimistic. This is no. This is the definition You're of apologism. You're being incredibly down on something that you have no power to change. I'm saying if you want your Pokemon, you do. Eight seconds of research and say, "Okay, I'll put the Pokemon I want to transfer in box one, and then transfer them all, and it'll take ten seconds." Or Nintendo could make it intelligent. Yeah, but they can't make it intelligent now because they already made it unintelligent. This isn't Nintendo's problem anymore. It is in the future if they do it again, but they're not going to do it. Okay, again. so Sean, where do you fall on these two kinds of logic we're presenting? Okay, so for me, I see it as the system that it is that is implemented is total fucking bullshit. It should not be that way and it is indicative of Nintendo's complete misunderstanding of how you handle online interfaces. That's Which is like, exactly my argument here. I that's what I was trying to say. That's yeah, that's basically how I feel. That it's, but it's also like you got to get your Pokémon. So, you do. Well, I don't really now I don't care. It's like yeah. it's too See, much. I mean, that's uh, that's also my up. solution is I'll just go back and replay Pokémon Red cuz that's the only good one. That's probably what I'll end up doing. You gave up after 8 seconds though. No, I You're spent like, oh, I, I spent an hour on this today. I spent an hour of my life on this today. You did not spend an hour. I did spend an you hour, spent Thomas. 20 minutes on it. I did not spend 20 minutes You're on it. You're sitting next to me. Shut the fuck up. I spent an hour on this. It was from 11:40 to 12:40. I know this because I can read things like clocks. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about some other Nintendo stuff, Thomas. No. Okay. We've got definitely more positive things to say about certain Wii U things this week, because uh, we've actually played some games and have okay, some more good. things to talk about. Uh, first thing I want to say is I was playing Super Mario 3D World last week, like the day after we recorded the podcast. Yes. Great game, but I was like, I'm not playing a second more of this with this giant fucking game slab. You know, it's like this is just—it's just—and it's showing me what I'm playing on the screen and on the TV, and it's annoying. And I, I put it down, and I drove to Best Buy and got a Wii U Pro controller. Because um, you're a pro. I—I I guess because I'm a pro. You can't have any of this amateur bullshit. I By guess Nintendo so. standards. Yeah. They, yeah. they really should call this the Wii U competent controller because that's what it is. It's the most—it's the first and most competent, you know, game controlling device they've had since like the this, GameCube. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah, the GameCube was a fine controller. Yeah, it's good. Um, definitely better than the N64 one. Yeah. So yes, no, it's it's a fine controller. It basically kind of feels like you're holding a smaller, slightly smaller 360 controller. Mm-hmm. Lighter, definitely. Um, the the thumbsticks are both they're level like on the PlayStation, but they're on top. Hmm. Uh, that's a little weird. The triggers are not analog; they're, they're just, just buttons. buttons. Yeah, it's really they're, weird. Yeah. Well, you know, you're not gonna. What games are you gonna play on a Nintendo platform that uses like the triggers? I don't know. That's true. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I guess I guess well no because they have Mario Kart so they do have like a driving game. But they've never Mario Kart you accelerate with A. Oh fuck yeah. Oh fuck I totally forgot that that's right. Yeah. Wow. Mario Kart is not a precision racer. That's true. So no it's a fine controller I like it but like it's comfortable to hold it's got an incredibly long battery life I really like that and they gave you a really 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 nice you know micro USB cord with it Mm -hmm. so that was nice like it's long I could get it from the Wii U to my couch if I wanted to. So they thought of things. It's a good deal. It's, it's a nice better controller. Better than the Wii sensor bar wire. Yes, it's okay, better than the Wii U sensor bar wire. Definitely. No, like it's a three-dimensional wire and not the two-dimensional wire that they they somehow used on the Wii sensor bar. Yes. I don't know how they managed to conjure that up. Yeah. No, but anyway, Wii U Pro controller. It's out now. It's it's good. It's um, 
Definitely, like, I, I, I just like it for, you know, playing games. It feels like I'm playing a regular video game console, which I have not done with a Nintendo platform since the GameCube. Yeah. So that's kind of nice. Uh, the weird thing is, though, you can, you can, from the controller, it's got all the controls the gamepad does, minus a touchscreen, obviously. Um, so you can turn the console on. You can press power, it'll turn the console on, it'll turn your controller on, it'll also turn the gamepad on. There's what? no way to have the Wii U on without the gamepad on. They did it again! That's the exact same fucking thing that the Wii did, where it's like you couldn't control the main user interface without using a Wiimote, so it's like you had to use the fucking Wiimote every time you booted it up. Yep. Except, here's the thing, you can control everything on the menu with the Pro Controller. But you just have to have the Wii U gamepad just has to turn on. It has to turn on and use battery life. God, why do they keep putting... And the battery life sucks. It sucks. And and, and Wait, so if the battery life runs out on the gamepad, doesn't like a message pop up on the screen that like prevents you from playing to be like the gamepad is like out of power or like disconnected, you have to like plug it in or something? Uh, we have not hit that yet. Okay. I don't know. Like you should just I want you to test that because obviously the solution would be to just leave the thing onto his charger. But I'm just I'm really curious to see if that would happen even if you're playing with the pro controller. Exactly. No, so what so and there are some things you have to use the gamepad for though, so like I can navigate everything on the menu until I go into the eShop and for some reason I have to ma- navigate the eShop with the gamepad. Hmm. Even though there's nothing about the eShop that intrinsically that requires the gamepad yeah. or a touchscreen. So that's weird. Um, but anyway, so that happens. But So let's say I'm doing a, a typical session. I want to play 3D Land. 3D World. I keep getting these mixed up. So I, I turn on my Pro Controller, turn on the Wii U, the gamepad turns on. I go into 3D World, wait for the game to start. Once the game has started, I can go into Settings and turn the gamepad screen off so it's not showing the game. Yeah. Oh yeah, because like this yes. whole time, your gamepad is there like on your table or whatever, like flashing the game yeah. face. Yes. So then I turn that off, turn the, get the screen turned off. Now I can just play my game and it's fine. But let's say I finish a session of, of Mario 3D World or whatever. Yeah. And I want to go in and play something, uh, a Wii it's game. one of those other great Wii U titles. I could play a Wii title, let's say. I want to play a Wii title. So now I go back to the Wii U main menu. I go into Wii mode. <laughs> now the pro, con- the pro controller no longer works. Put that down. Oh, because now it's Wii! So <laughs> now to... you have to use the fucking Wii mode. God, it's so the I pull, worst. I pull the Wii mode out. It's the and, fucking worst. And let's say, and again, gamepad is on this whole time. Let's say... I want to play a virtual console game. Let's say I want to play Super Mario 64. You can't yeah. control that with the Wiimote. You have to plug in the classic controller to the Wiimote. <laughs> I have four controllers out now. Four <laughs> controllers to play the Wii U. I mean, well, because because isn't the situation that like there is a separate virtual console on the Wii U yes. with different titles that you then like you can have a discount if you already own mm-hmm. the other version of it, but you still have to rebuy it. Yes, and I have not run into that yet because the virtual console games I own for original Wii do not exist on Wii U. Yeah, yet. yeah. So this is the only option you have if you want to play Super Mario sixty four on your Wii U is to yes. go into Wii mode and then plug in a classic controller into your your Wii mode. Yes. That's that's amazing. That's incredible. <laughs> so this is this is how it works. Um, but just you know, just to throw this out there, you could play Super Mario sixty four off of the gamepad. Oh yeah, you could because here's the other Wii. funny thing is that yeah, it mirrors the Wii, and what you can do is you can turn this off very easily. But you can like you could prop that they they tell you to do this. The gamepad has a built-in sensor bar for the Wii. What? So what you can do is you could like prop it up against like a book or something, the gamepad, and then point your Wii and and nunchuck right at the what? Wii gamepad and play off the gamepad. How is that? I don't understand how that's more. I don't know. Like economic than than just using the sensor bar. Like how's how does well, that help you? Of course, that's it's playing not. just 
I think that I think their intention is that then if someone else is using the TV, you could still play the Wii. The Wii, Wii games, yeah. But because oh, because you would be so because it would be displaying it on the on the, the screen yeah. itself, so yeah. you'd be pointing your Wiimote at the screen. Yes, so you're still pointing at the screen. It's just the little screen, that smaller. Wow, that's extraordinary. I know. Yeah, that's an extraordinary system that they have concocted. Let me talk about Virtual Console a little bit here. Because okay, I did, sure. for, for test purposes, and because this is a good game, I thought I'd buy a Virtual Console game and play it. The Wii U version. Yeah. So I got Super Mario World. It was okay. 8 bucks. Very good game. Very good game. And I went to buy it last night on the eShop. Um, you know, said, okay, I want to purchase this. And on the 3DS, when you... Okay, so Nintendo has always had this wallet system, which is the same right. thing Sony and PSN yeah. have. And, you know, if we, we all remember back in the day, on the Wii, on the PlayStation 3, you had to add preset wallet amounts, right? Yes, you and to, you got Wii points on the Wii. Exactly. So you had to add, like, 15 bucks, 1,500 points, something like that. They have since, you know, done away with that. Like, Sony, if you want to buy an 11.99 game, it just adds 11.99 and then takes it away. Yeah, yeah, it basically does, like, the wallet. Like, the wallet system is there, but it works seamlessly now yes. with purchases. So you never have to worry about it. 3DS is the same way. If I want to buy, a, like, a 6.99 game... It says, um, you know, how much do you want to add, or do you want to add just the amount you need? Yeah. So you just add the amount you need. Not as seamless as on Sony, but just fine. Yeah. You don't have to spend more. They have gotten rid of that on Wii U. They've gone back to, for some reason, you can only add 10, 20, 50, or 100. Wait, so are you saying on the 3DS it works in, like, the Sony kind of way? Yes. But on the Wii U it does not. That's what you just Yes. So I went, how does... So I how went, do you have two different cons- concurrent consoles... That have two different means, because do they? So if you put money in your wallet on on the Wii U, can you use that money in a purchase from the 3DS? Yes, they have a new account. So system. how is that possible? I don't that know. You can't do the same thing on both of them. How do they not work the same way on both of them if the money is the same? How does that? How? I don't know. Like, I went to buy Super Mario World. Tom and I could not believe this. It said, how much do you want to add? 10, 20, 50, or 100? I'm like, I want to add $8. Should, because if I... should have added 100. Because if I, if I <laughs> use Eventually. the... If I do the ten, if I do the $10, those $2 are just lost. They're yeah. sunk cost. I can never spend them. Because if I wanted to buy another $8 game... I'd have to buy ten again. Now I have four dollars left over. So now, yeah, now you yeah, have this. See, week, but then you can buy the five dollars, five games. You'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be forty dollars. So I'm like, except they're all seven. This is this is a little thing, but they're all like seven ninety nine. Yeah, it, and, and it does it count? Buy. Does it count like that one penny? Does yeah. that one penny stay? In your that world? one penny will stay. Oh, that God, that's so fucking worse. So suffice it to say, I did not buy Super Mario World right there from the shop. I was like, maybe there's a website like Amazon yeah, that you can. Okay, so Amazon does not have Virtual Console for Wii U. They have it for Wii. But they still don't have Wii U. So I'm like, does GameStop have it? Went to GameStop's website. They do. I was able to just use PayPal, get my download code, $8. Well, $7.99, no tax or anything. Yeah. So perfect. Nice. That was nice. I mean, you had to go through a third-party yes. system to be able to do this. But, you know, hey, like Microsoft was doing this for like the, almost the entire run of the 360 other than like the past year. So right. So fuck them too. Yes. <laughs> so this was annoying, but I finally I get my code, and then I download 3D, uh, you know, just Super Mario World. And uh, it, it's, I, their download system works well. It's it's similar to the PS4, where you know it downloads in the background. You can go play a game if you want. If you go to the download bar, does it do the thing that the Wii did, where it has like Mario running across and like? No, it doesn't. Blocks. And it, it even uses real megabytes now and oh, gigabytes. It doesn't, use, it doesn't use blocks. No, oh. I always kind I kind of miss that. I like the, the days with where memory was just stored in these like 
mysterious blocks, like the, whatever, how much that was. The 3DS still does that. Oh. And oh, I have, right. and I don't get it because they, the SD card says four gigabytes, <laughs> but like, they yeah, translated, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know what a block so. is. So anyway, bought Super Mario World, and I will say, once it's on the system, the virtual console experience is very, very nice. You, you play your game, it'll show up on the gamepad or on the TV, both at the same time, and you can you know pick, I guess. But it's it looks really good. It's easy to play. You know, all the controls you need are right there on the gamepad. That's really cool. Like today, I was watching a kind of boring episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. So I'm, most of the episodes of Star Trek: The Next Generation. I don't, I disagree with that. I but anyway, I was I'm working through season three, and I just hit a. It was a good episode. There was just there were some down parts with Counselor Troy, and uh, so I just I pulled the gamepad up and started playing Mario World. Um, from the gamepad while Star Trek was on the TV. That was fun. And it's got restore points, which are basically save states. That's really yeah, cool. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of nice features like that. And it's they do such a good job with it, and I think the price point is reasonable enough. It baffles me why they don't have more virtual console games. Mm-hmm. I would totally buy into this a lot more. This would be a reason to own the Wii U, because they have a nice virtual console system. It's just they only have NES and SNES games right now, huh. and not a lot of them. You know, they they need to have GameCube games on there. They need to have N sixty four games on there. You need they, to get your fucking Ocarina of Time. That's what you need. They do, and it's, it's the just one virtual console game I bought on my Wii was Ocarina. Nice. And the next the next thing they're coming out with is Game Boy Advance games, but not on the 3DS on the Wii U. Because <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yes. You want to play your portable games on your TV, not on your portable system. Well, they also are they gonna. Come out with some DS games on the Wii U. Yes, but that makes sense because you've got. Well, it would make sense on the 3DS. Also. It would make it would but, make substantial. Yeah. Well, I guess because the, D- the 3DS already yeah, yeah. DS cartridges. That's what right? I was okay, saying. That makes more sense. But the Wii U does have two screens, so I can see it. But it's yeah. Still, it seems like that would be like that would be, because Why? you have two screens, but they're not like you did. Like you just like try to like get like the perfect angle on your TV to like make it look like a, a DS. This just seems like if you like have the gamepad like in your lap or something, well you'd hold a normal fucking video game controller. That would be a lot more inconvenient than a DS where the screens are right next to each other. Probably true, yes. But in any case, they're doing it. It's weird. It's like think of imagine playing one of those DS games where the characters move like between the bottom screen and the top screen on your gamepad in your TV. Like that would be maddening. It'd be I, impossible to follow. Like you already lose them in like that weird like gap. Between the screens on yeah, the DS. I'm guessing they're not going to put those games out. <laughs> yeah, well, they should. I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, I've, you, you, you've been railing against their like Pokemon system and all this shit, and you're like, nah, they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't be so stupid as to put a game like that system. It's not like they would put Game Boy Advance games on the Wii U Virtual Console and not the portable Virtual Console on the 3DS. Yeah, well, makes very little sense. <laughs> Don't assume Nintendo has common sense, my friend. A lot of people have died that way. Alright, but anyway, let's talk about some real Wii U games. Uh, Thomas, you have played the entirety of The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker yeah, HD. You, you say a Yeah, real, let's play a... Real, let's talk about Wii U games. Wii U let's games. talk about Wind Waker. That didn't come out ten years ago. It's... I will say, just from... I've played a little bit of it myself. I've seen Thomas playing it. I am blown away by how good the graphics on this and on Mario 3D World are. They... They committed to HD, and it, it looks really, really yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it really does. Um, you know, the the best thing about the Wind Waker, I think, is just the color palette and the draw distance in terms of graphics. So uh, you definitely get a better sense of exploration, which is what they were going for. Um, so in that sense, it really works. And they made some small gameplay changes just in terms of, like, how you will equip items and the sailing, the swift sail. You can sail twice as fast. How so, do you how do you get that swift sail? Because I remember when I played Wind Waker, which was a very long time ago, but I never finished it partially because I got to that part where you have to like 
do the fetch quest or whatever for the Twilight Which Triforce. they also changed. Okay, good. Because that was like... I liked Wind Waker, but at some point I felt like it was just like all the sailing and shit just drove me mad and I couldn't get through it at some yeah. point. You get to swift sail early. Yeah, you can. What you, uh, you know, the guy you buy the sail from, hmm. he hosts a nightly auction on Windfall Island and you can buy the swift sail there. Okay. It's fun. Yeah. So yeah. You, you enjoyed this playthrough of the game? Yeah, I think it's uh, just a really good way to experience the game. Um, where, do, where do you fall on Wind Waker in Legend of Zelda? Because I know Jonathan is not a Zelda dude, but I, I play. Uh, so. I really like the Wind Waker. It's probably probably in my top five. This top five is like okay. Let's let's limit it to 3D Zelda games. 3D Zelda games. Comparing 3D to 2D is just like that's nonsense. Yeah. Um, I guess I'd have to think about it. I can say what my favorite is, but what's your favorite? Uh, Twilight Princess. Okay, fuck you. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, that's that's some favorite. So. Oh. Wind Waker like your number two then? No, it's not. Yeah, probably was... probably Ocarina after that. And then Ocarina no, no. should be number. That's just number one. Let's uh, just I say Ocarina is number one. Majora's Mask is number two. I'm fixing your list. Uh, you're not fixing my Majora's list. Mask yeah, is but... awful. No, Majora's, Majora's okay. The Majora's Mask has some problems, but at least it's fucking interesting. Most of it is a problem. But it's fucking cool. It's got such a great sense of atmosphere. It does. It's got such an awesome sense it of does, atmosphere. It does, but it's really boring to play a lot of it. But you played Twilight Princess as your number one. Talk about fucking boring. That game has like hour-long cutscenes in a game without fucking voice acting. I don't know when the last time you played Twilight Princess was, Sean. Like three years ago. It does not have very Okay, long I, it, it, no, it totally has cutscenes. It's not, it's not hour long. long. They They're feel like hour long. long. The longest like, one every cutscene in Twilight Princess time. is like every time you do start playing a game of Ocarina of Time from the beginning and you're like, oh god, I have to sit through the Deku Tree going through his whole fucking thing and not be flying around yeah. for like the like eight minutes. It's like I can't do anything. That's like what every I'm 15 minutes from you, Sean, is that you're a very impatient gamer. No, I'm very patient for games that are worth the patience. Twilight Princess was not worth the Majora's patience. Majora's Mask was not worth the patience. Yeah. I, have, I should Princess, say... I've, you don't have to yeah. be patient. It's fun. I mean, I have not played Majora's Mask since I like originally played it, so that's a lot of it's probably nostalgia, but still. I it's it got a great sense of summer, atmosphere. And I played it... I got everything, and that might okay. have been a mistake. Yeah, that's probably a mistake. I, I never do that you in have games. To, you have to just keep going back. Those three yeah, games, you have to do it's the, really boring. Yeah. It's but really the boring. moon is so fucking cool. And the it's moon got is that, like, cool, yeah. But you can, I mean, that moon is in Smash Bros. Melee. And, you know, they've got Tattle instead of Navi, and she's got, like, you know, attitude. She, she's like a <laughs> she's second this, character. She's the same. She's the same fairy. Yeah, but she doesn't go, hey, listen. You're right. She does. She just goes, ding, ling, ling. Yeah. And, but then, like, her dialogue is all like, oh, snap, bitch. Like, you should know how to fight this guy because he was in Ocarina of Time. It's like, yeah, I actually do. I, just, yeah. I wanted to see what your dialogue was. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't. So anyway. About the Wii U. Wind Waker HD makes much, 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 much better use of the gamepad than Mario say, does. Because yeah. you just, you know, you have your map on there and your items. So yeah, so it's like to, you just click you on get to inventory items. your screen and you yeah. just move your inventory That sounds really nice. It's really easy. It just... Like I said, it just makes the experience of playing the game more enjoyable. And the graphics are unbelievably gorgeous. They just look like there's a depth to the color that you don't get on GameCube. And it's hard. You can't explain it without seeing it in 1080p on a TV. Um, but the depth to the color and the, just the nuance to the lighting system is really impressive. And if you don't want to play at 1080p on the TV, you can press the minus button and it'll just jump right down to the gamepad. Yeah, you can view HD in standard depth. Yeah. Fantastic. 
I don't know what the resolution of that is actually low. It's, yeah, low. it's probably most like not great. I, it, just, I, it looks okay. It looks okay. But it's, I mean, doesn't it not even have like multi-touch on the no, gamepad? It does yeah, not have multi-touch. No, you have yeah. to, it's got a stylus with it. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, you told yeah. me that. I forgot. You, we the long what I thought was the long pass when touchscreens all use styluses. Yep. Uh, Resurrected. They still do it. They've never stopped. Huh. Which is too bad. But anyway, yes. Yeah, so, so you know, Wind Waker HD, it's good. It's got really good surround effects, too. They've remixed it for 5.1. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah. Did they do anything with, like, is the music remixed or, like... like no, there are, a few, there are a few sound bites that are a little different, but nothing that's really worth... Because I remember that was one of my favorite yeah. parts of Wind Waker, is I think it's got maybe the best Zelda soundtrack, at least of the 3D games. How do you I follow that? That's my number two soundtrack. What's... Twilight Princess. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, Twilight that Princess has awesome. really good music. Like, I can't fault any Zelda game for its music, but... Yeah. Alright, so, no, that's so that's cool, that game. Um, you've played it. You've, you've played that game so many times, you could finish it fast. Well, no, I mean, yeah, I've played it. For a Zelda game, I haven't played it nearly as many times as Ocarina, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I didn't do a 100% run this time, so... Yeah. I yeah, mean, it, was, it was fun to finish, it was... It was easy to just keep playing, especially because like I wasn't like oh, I have to sail somewhere now. So yeah, I guess uh, I'll do that later. <laughs> you know? No, I, I'm I'm excited to play it. I started a, a playthrough, and and I've, that's a game I've started playthroughs of before. But now that now once I have more time to play, because I'm going to start playing Infamous tomorrow. Yeah. Once maybe I'm done with that, I'll go back and, and play this Zelda game. If you ever cool. finish it, I'll be very proud of you, have, John. Have you ever beaten any Zelda game no. of any description? They they just wind up boring me. Um, it's it's just, fair enough. I think most Zelda games like get like a there's a part in them where it just gets really slow. Other than Ocarina, Ocarina and is I just, flawless. And I, it's, well, it's, I just want to say I just don't know if they're just I you know and maybe I'll feel different now that I can play this. So you know the nice thing is that this is on a, a relatively modern game system. Yeah, and it's it'll be it's much more easier to just pick up and play than some of the others right now. I think, and so. You know, maybe that'll change my mind. It's just maybe not my kind of game, and that's I don't have anything against the Zelda series or anything like that. You're just it's just a bad person. It's just not a genre I play. You know. See, I'm gonna go off on a short tangent here. You say that to me that I should play Persona. It's not I a genre don't... you play. I know you don't play not... JRPGs. Yeah, but, but you, I don't play JRPGs either. I all like the only JRPG I've played in like probably eight years is Persona or like the only one I've played to completion and enjoyed were yeah. Persona games okay. so. well it's different but whatever. Yeah. it doesn't matter you should play Persona games Jonathan you should play something you should play Ocarina of Time okay you should play it and I Wind mean, Waker especially if this version fixes some of those problems Wind Waker is pretty great so if, if I can if they put Ocarina of Time out on Wii U Virtual Console I will absolutely play they it they put it out on 3DS and I don't like playing it, to play it and on. I don't like playing it on 3DS that's not the kind of game I like playing portable just isn't Okay, and I don't. It's the three D, the three D in that game ghosts terribly for me. And then even I don't know. Just turn the I can turn off. it off, but then there's I don't know. There's other issues. The amount you have to use the gyroscope and stuff. You don't have to. You can turn that off. Okay, I guess I don't. I don't really want to play it that way. Okay, but like three D, especially because the three DS is not the most comfortable console in the world for me to hold and play for long periods of time. I don't know. That's not like a pick up and play for twenty minutes game. No, you can so you, you give me 20 you... minutes, I'll be adult Link by the time that time is done. So, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. Alright, anyway. But the real thing we gotta talk about here is Super Mario 3D World. So, Thomas, you and I, we played at co-op. We got all the way through the end of the main campaign. There's a shit ton more to do after that if you want. And I'm going to definitely play all those multi- those extra levels. Yeah, I want to play some. But, this was a more or less fun co-op experience. <laughs> it was It was fun... 
but I'm not sure I I want to yeah, ever was, do anything with you ever again. Yeah, so life. so it was like it's the game's fine. It's just maybe pick the people you're playing with very not, carefully. Well, not even that because it's, let me explain the co-op system in here. Okay. So you can play with up to four people. We obviously were just playing with two. I don't know how you do um, it four. Yeah, I don't know how you do it four. Tough. It's you know, and if you've ever played New Super Mario Bros. Wii or I have not. or New Super Mario Bros. Wii U, I guess I have not. Those are four-player co-op where it's all side-scrolling. Same with the Donkey Kong Returns games. I've never played those either. I, I'm not talking to you. Yeah, well, I'm answering your questions regardless. Okay. So anyway, if you've played those, you know that those are really, really hectic, and they're really fun to play that way, but if you want to make serious progress, not the way to do it. The nice thing about 3D World is that, for the most part, playing co-op will not hamper your ability to make progress. In some cases, it will. (laughs) Having mismatched ability sets here is an issue. I have played, you know, so much of all the recent Mario games. Like, Mario is to me what Zelda is to you. So it's like you're you're okay at Mario, you're good at Mario, but like sometimes there are gaps where I'm familiar with this setup and you weren't. But even then, it wasn't like there was anything I couldn't do. Once in a while, there was a time, Thomas, when you picked me up right near. This was that time he. This can, was on can, purpose. No, we have to explain something else. See the way the way the co-op works in this is once you know in Mario games you always have like points. Yeah, I've never ever paid attention to how many points I yeah, have unless I'm trying to get the fireworks. It's like how Mario games, like games still have lives. Like, there's just no reason for that system to exist anymore. Yeah, but, but anyway, the, the way they this made points really fun in this game. Yeah, because when you finish a level, it ranks you and says how many points oh, both of you so got. It makes it competitive. So it okay. makes it kind of competitive. And the winner gets a crown. The winner gets a crown, which oh, they can carry to the next level. And oh. if you carry that crown, you get more points. Oh, and you can I steal see, the other person's crown. I see how this, I see how this very what this quickly evolves into. So the level that kind of defined the frustrations of co-op Mario World to me was there was this level where um, it was really difficult. We were uh, Thomas kept fucking to be up. fair. It probably wouldn't be difficult if either of us were doing it by ourselves. If I was doing it by myself, it would be easy. I would I don't probably have done you. it faster than you. I would have done it faster. I'm better I, at these games that. than you. Well, you say that. I definitely, <laughs> I definitely, unquestionably am. You are way better at Zelda. Have you ever finished Super Mario 64 with every star? Uh, the answer is no. Okay, no. I'm I, just saying. Okay, anyway. Um, Mario has evolved since Super Mario 64. Yeah, anyway. it's gotten worse. It's, it's Mario 64. Worse. I mean, okay. This is also nostalgic. 64 was pretty good, though. Mario 64 is a great fucking game. I love Mario 64. It doesn't 64. have the draw distance it needs, like, especially <laughs> if you go back to it, and stuff just kind of like appears in front of you. I talked about it just a couple months ago on this podcast. I love 64. I think it holds up beautifully. I think they've they've improved on that. It's they've they've innovated beyond it. It's sure. still a great game. They've made other equally great or greater Mario games since then. Uh, 3D World is not one of them, but in it's any good. case, it's really good. Yeah. Point is, so this level it's really tough. We, we have to get all the, we're trying to get all the green stars in the level, the collectibles. Basically, we've gotten all the collectibles. It was really tough. We've tried many times. We get to the end of the level. You can pick the other player up and like you throw can them do it sometimes really easily. It's I mean, you still only use two buttons in the Mario yeah. game. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, yeah, because they've evolved so far beyond Super Mario Six Four. Well, that's different, and uh, yeah, <laughs> no, it's a different point here, but yeah, that's a that's that's totally out anyway, of context. Doesn't I was yeah. worried that Jonathan was going to beat me in points because you can get ten thousand points for the flagpole, which is kind of a lot. Oh. So, so Thomas I picked him up and threw him off. Killed me. <laughs> and then Thomas, in doing that, fell off himself <laughs> and died. <laughs> and we got a game over. <laughs> and that was it. I had to start the whole thing over. And that's nice. kind of... Thomas did that kind of shit all the time. No, I never did that exact thing again, though. I did screw you over a lot. Because anyway. I wanted to win. Anyway. And I think I won more than you did. 
Moreover, I don't think that's true at all. But moreover, <laughs> uh, moreover, uh, moreover, it's it's a good it's a good co op system. It's got you know it's got, definitely got some issues where I think the levels are kind of built for co op, but at the same time they're kind of not. So it's you know it can hinder it you in some ways, but you can totally make progress. And definitely when we were at our best, we were working together on things, and that's when it was the most fun. Well, there's also like last night we played a lot of it. Yes. We, uh, to finish up the main campaign, there's that one green star that was like right down by lava. And I think what you would have to do to get it without dying is, like, wall jump yeah. at the right time. But we were just like, well, there are two of us. <laughs> you die. So Go I'll die this time. Oh, yeah, and then yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah, yeah, it's like when you play Halo co-op and it's just yeah. like, I'm just going to stay back here and, like, you can just respawn on me. Yeah. Just keep on running there and blowing up. Yeah. Exactly. Like, right. <laughs> no, it's totally we don't need to come up with any more strategy. But no, last night we played basically the entire last two worlds. Yeah. And we kind of just, we wanted to see how what was going to happen when we beat those. So, um... We just kind of put rivalry aside and just played it. And that was really fun, because that's when the game gets hard, and you cannot be competing with one another at that point. Well, you would never make it anywhere. Well, so, and that was fun. There are some hard yeah, levels there that were interesting. Like, you have not seen, like, how recent, in recent years how Mario has gotten really hard, and you saw it last night with some yeah, of those spike levels. Yeah, i Donkey Kong got really hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, fuck that game. I want to get Tropical Freeze now, though. <laughs> just, I don't know. It's probably the exact same as... The other one, yeah. For my part, it's like it's yeah. Except for you can get Cranky Kong and you, you can get like Cranky Kong in the pouch. Yeah, whoever the girl is, Dixie in Dixie. the D. Yeah. Dixie. Anyway, overall, critically, the Funky Kong's in it. Funky Kong is where it's at. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, overall, critical. You know, I've I've played all the mainline Mario games uh, from '64 onwards, except Sunshine, um, which I've played a which little you bit of. Play. I'm, I'm going to play it someday, yeah. but just to see what it's like. But anyway, sure, to see what it's like. Yeah. But anyway, I think this is... So I can't speak to Sunshine, really. Can't make a fair opinion. I don't. I think this is the weakest one since 64. You know, it's it's not as good as 3D Land or the Galaxy games. Um, but it's really... It's still very good. And I, the thing is, they're doing... The Mario games are operating at such a high level at this point and so, with such consistency that even a game that... You know, I say that, it sounds like I sound disappointed in it. I'm not. It still was a ton of fun when I was in a bad mood during the last week. Like, seeing down and playing Mario always made me feel happy and have fun, and even when it was really challenging. So, you know, there it's really, really good. I think the biggest problem 3D World has is that it's a sequel to 3D Land, and there are some levels where not having the stereoscopic 3D that was so crucial in 3D Land, doing that on a 2D display makes no sense, and they're really kind of tough because of that. And tough in ways that are bullshit tough, not yeah. fair tough. Like, we're just... just 3D Land is a great, great Mario game, as good a Mario game as has ever, you know, been released. And I think, you know, one of the cool things it did was just how it used that 3D space and really made you rethink kind of platforming and stuff. And they could do a lot more intricate jumps and enemy types and whatnot. And when they try to recreate that in 3D World, which for the most part is the same style but not to that level of intricacy... But when they do go to that level of intricacy, it can become frustrating because I want I, I want to slide the 3D slider up. Hmm. So and again, that's the you know 3D world land on the 3DS is the only 3DS game I've played where the 3D is crucial and really improves the experience. But anyway, okay. So, so with the 3D world, we got a question. So yeah. it's it's with the co-op, the setup is basically like. American Super Mario Brothers 2, right? Like, mm-hmm. you can pick the same four characters. Mm-hmm. So, did you guys basically stick with, like, the same character throughout? Yes. I played Mario, he played Luigi. Yeah. Nobody played Peach. Nobody played the best character, I, the character that has the best power. Uh, Peach is not the best in this game. She, she can float. She can, she can float, float for she can, about half a second. She can float. They, they've, 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 they've nerfed her power quite a bit yeah. here, and she's very, very slow is the problem. So, like, I just think from kind of a platformer purist standpoint on this... 
The floating is nice It can help you out with some jumps But because you don't have the same precision with her You have with a Mario um, And she doesn't have the same jump height And she doesn't have the same speed It was very tough for me to play with Peach And mm-hmm. I, tr- I tried all of them a lot Like I switched characters a lot Because mm-hmm. I really wanted to know Like I feel I have a good feel for Peach and for Toad I can get through levels with them But I don't like them as much as Mario I think you I, I like having the balance But I'm I've played so much Mario in my life It's hard for me to play as like a peach or a toad in this. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, you'd think that with the ability to float, it would help with jumps, yeah. but really it doesn't because you can't get, like, a running start to jump, mm. so... Yeah. I mean, and I, I can't... There are levels where peach helps. There's there's one level we did where I was like, I think I know how to do this, got peach, and it, it definitely, that was had the right way to do it. Um, and there are ones where I think... I, I never really found a level where Toad was perfect. But what is even different? Because I think in Super Mario Bros. Two, if I remember correctly, Toad's thing was that he picked up the radishes or whatever faster, right? Yes, he That's, did. He so what does he do faster? now? No, I don't he doesn't. remember if he did okay. in Super Mario Bros. No, yeah. uh, he's he's not. So yeah, Toad is more powerful, but that doesn't apply in this game because you yeah. don't you don't pick up radishes. So I don't know. It's well, you didn't. Toad is. I do think Toad might be a little faster in this game because he's smaller, um, but his jumps aren't as good. Maybe he. Maybe off walls and stuff, he does longer jumps or something. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, in terms of power-ups, you know, the big power-up in this game is the cat suit. Oh, and, right, yeah. Oh, fuck, that's this game. Yeah. Yes, and the, I'll say, you know, the cat suit is not my favorite Mario power-up. It's not my least favorite. It's kind of middle ground for it. But they do the right thing here where it's the main power-up of the game, and they build levels around it really ingeniously. So that's the nice thing. It's, it's not just something they kind of force on you and don't do interesting things with it. They do. It's not as effective to me in 3D Land where they brought the Tanuki suit back and they made such effect. And that's my favorite Mario power-up ever. And they did such a great job with the Tanuki suit in 3D Land. It's not as inspired here. But the cat suit is fun. You can do fun things with it. It gets creepy, though, at the end of levels when Mario goes, Meow! Yeah, I've seen, I've seen the yeah, video of that. Really it's, not, it's not right. No, it's not right. Yeah. So how much of an injustice is it that you cannot play as Waluigi? That's too it's bad. Waluigi deserves... Injustice. Yeah. I don't know if you guys talked about this, but they did announce that Waluigi will be in the next Super Smash Bros. game. Nice. As, as, wait, as this trophy. What the fuck? Uh, What's the point? Again, if you're... I they asked, fucking put in the dude from Punch-Out! I know. Like, they're not going to put in Waluigi? The, I know. The, the star of such games is Mario Party 3? I don't have any huge affection for Waluigi. But Nobody I, does! No, but I'm not, I'm not joking when I say, what's the point of doing a new Smash Brothers if you're not adding a character like that? Because that's the only new horizon you have. Is like a Waluigi. Well, I mean, or Mega Man, yeah, which Me- they did. I Mega guess Man so. Man. But or, you know, but. such amazing characters that everyone loves, like Wii Fit Trainer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Or the Animal Crossing character. Man. Villager. Sure. Sure. Was Villager. he in... Was he in Brawl? No, no, was, no? This, he's a newcomer. He's a new yeah, challenger. Yeah, he, he was like him and Wii Fit Trainer and Mega Man were the first ones they announced. Yeah, okay. There's an Animal Crossing stage in Brawl, that's what yeah. it is. Anyway, I think 3D World is very, very, very good. I'm especially excited to play these sort of extra worlds that pop up at the end. That's where 3D Land really came into life. Um, even though I think the main campaign was, was better too in 3D Land. But it's, it's very good. It, it speaks a lot to that I think this is the weakest Mario game of the 3D era, and yet it's, it's still extraordinary. You know. That you have not played Super Mario Sunshine. That should be stipulated when you say the weakest Mario game of the 3D era. That really should be stipulated. You know, okay. I really like Sunshine. Yeah, well, you really like Twilight Princess. Yeah, I did. Yeah. It's a good game. Typically, I find that people who really like Sunshine did play it kind of as kids as one of their first Mario games. I played I, 64 before that, though. Okay. Well, 
second Mario game. I just I don't I don't know. Um, it's it's I've gone back and tried it a couple times, and I think it has a lot of interesting ideas, but it's just it feels less polished and balanced to me than than a lot. Bowser has like a voice in Super Mario Sunshine, and it is awful. Like he has straight up voice acting at the end of the I game. I did not know that. Yeah, it's terrible. You should watch up after we're done with this podcast. You should go on YouTube and find a video of like the last cutscene of the game and hear their Bowser voice. And you would never want to hear Bowser like talk human words ever again. Leave Bowser's the noise Bowser makes just in Super Mario sixty four and you're done. No, you cannot just don't have him talk. Nice. Well, uh, this is and the other funny thing is that three D World also has the thinnest story in any Mario game, maybe since the original. It's it's, what is the story? It's there's nothing. It's just there's these fairies. You have to go save them. That's it. Fairies. What what fairies are fairies of what? I don't know. They're called Sprixies. See, I I looked up the plot summary because I was like, we've got to be missing something. They've got to be important for some reason. No, they just they like. I feel like a plot summary. I feel like the plot summary of a Mario game on Wikipedia shouldn't even be a complete sentence. That's how little plot there is. It just says Mario Peach, (laughs) Bowser, and that's it. (laughs) Okay, I got it. No. This one, Mario, Peach, Toad, Luigi, Sprixies. Sunshine Sprixies. Sunshine was the mainline Mario platformer game where they tried to have an in-depth story. Yeah, and they gave Bowser voice acting. Yeah. That's okay. it. I mean, maybe about, you know, Koopa Kid had a lot to do. You got to ride a roller coaster. <laughs> they really haven't had Koopa Kid in a mainline Mario game yeah, in a while. That's where they, like, weirdly implied, like, weirdly implied, but I think they, like, they, they go against it at the end of the game. That that Peach is Koopa Kid's mother, like yeah. with Bowser. That's what Bowser lied to get Koopa Kid to yeah. I think I don't remember perfectly. But it's but. like there's some weird, there's <laughs> some weird implications be. in that game. That it's like, that but since the story true. presentation is so poor and so light, it's hard to tell what is like deliberate misinformation and what is like actually being like said in the plot. So it's like it, like have a hard time remembering how that how that ultimately sussed out. All right. Well, let's move on. That's Wii U stuff. Anything else to say, Thomas? How do you like your first couple days with the Wii U? Uh, it's good. You know, I, I'll i say overall, I, I didn't really expect to like it very much. But playing Wind Waker, I was like, I, I kind of hated that I liked playing it that way so much. Like, obviously the gamepad's not very comfortable to hold, and it's really big, and it wasn't a good idea, but it's fun. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Like, despite all that, it's it's fun. It's a good well, experience. Well, and I do want to say, uh, Wind Waker looks amazing. Th- Mario 3D World looks better than I ever thought a Mario 3D game would. It's They still need to do something with the character models so they don't just look like plastic. Like, you know, if you've seen the opening cutscenes to Brawl or Melee, they have Mario's clothes look like cloth. Yeah, they're very detailed, yeah. Do that. That's, that's all you need to do. That's still a problem. They look too plasticky in a world that has really nice textures, really bright colors. There are some lighting and particle effects later in the game that are amazing. Um, I mean, definitely in terms of just color density and the vibrance of color, uh, these are some of the best modern games I've seen in, in graphic, graphic qualities-wise. I mean, a lot of modern games are very dark, you know? Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm very heavy and like kind of gothic in a way. Yeah. Really dark. Well, and I'm interested to see, um, like, with Infamous Second Son tomorrow, that, that looks like a game that'll make, maybe make use of color more than some yeah. of the, yeah, like, the next-gen games that have come out so far. Like, I, you know, obviously we've not played Second Son before, but it just seems like, from the pre-release stuff, that that game was made for GIFs. Because, it's, yes. like, I've seen so many GIFs online of, like, the powers and the particle effects. It's like, that's all, like, what I'm looking forward to the most, just to stand there and watch the particle effects when you, like, drain neon from a sign. I know, it, it looks really so cool. sexy. It really it looks really cool, but yeah, like I you know the best the best looking game I've played on next gen so far was the Tomb Raider Definitive Edition, mm. and it looks great. But you know I don't it's just like it, color is not the most important part of that game. 
It's, tress effects are. Yeah, tress effects, texture, those sorts of things. And it's the same with, you know, Assassin's, Assassin's Creed has really vibrant color in the water and whatnot. Yeah. But anyway, it's just, it's the color, they, it's it's more HD than I thought Nintendo was capable of. And you don't really see that until you sit down and play it. Which is the weird thing about the gamepad that you would ever want to, you know, look down and play it on the, from the gamepad. Because it looks fine on the gamepad, but, you know, you look back and forth and it's night and day. Yeah. It's just, especially in color reproduction. So were there any other Wii U titles that have come out in the this year of Wii U that you're excited for? You no. Can download Dr. Luigi? Oh, that exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. does. We could get uh, new Super Luigi... Wait, what? I am going to get the new Super Mario Bros. U and play that sometime. Oh, yeah. yeah, and then there's the Luigi... That's like their first DLC. Yes, basically. the Luigi U. For the um, year of Luigi. And there are extra Luigi levels I think you can get in 3D World from playing that DLC or something. Huh. You can unlock them in 3D World alone, too, but mm-hmm. you can unlock them faster. So, yeah. Wonderful 101, Pikmin 3. I, I, I want to play I Pikmin 3. Play that sounds good. Yeah. It's supposed to have a really good co-op mode, too. Zombie U. Knock it up. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Mass Effect 3 on the Wii U. I'd Batman Arkham City I'll on the Wii U. play that game again. No, you, you could play it but with a frame rate. But you would want to play it with a frame rate. Yeah, you'd yeah. want to play with a frame rate that's in double digits. <laughs> like, I was trying to explain this to Thomas about why, especially on, like, Arkham City, that would be a problem. Oh, God, on Arkham you City, could... the frame rate was terrible for these you... videos I saw. And that's one of those games that's unplayable without a native yeah. frame rate. Like, because of the, yeah, the house, you the rhythm, rhythm based. explain that to me like I didn't understand it, though. No, I mean, but I, was I just, didn't know the frame rate was an issue. I don't. Yeah. I haven't read about this that much. Basically, every Wii U port of a from, from, that game. came out at launch, at least yeah. it was that one in like Epic Mickey Two. When I was watching all the the videos from the launch, were just like the frame rate was awful. And yeah, I just I don't know. I uh, we still we have Nintendo Land, but we haven't played it. You can yeah. also download Earthbound on the Virtual Console. I think I've just exhausted all of the Wii U games that I'm mildly interested in. Yeah. You know, if we boot it into Wii mode, we can then play Smash Bros. Yeah. You think of all those hot, great Wii games you can play if you boot into Wii mode. <laughs> or no, you know I... what? You could boot into Wii mode and get Ocarina of Time on the Virtual Console and then play that. Yeah. That At that point, I would play it on 3DS. <laughs> Definitely. Because then I wouldn't have to have four controllers out to play one game. Fair, oh. fair point. All right, let's move on. Sean, you want to talk some news? Sure. All right. What's been going on in the news? I mean, there are some bigger stories than this, but the most exciting story from recent times is that there is... <laughs> recent times? There is a... Exciting stories of the past decade. <laughs> there is a Persona Q 3DS coming out, and it yeah. looks so awesome. I want this. It won't come out in the U.S., but I... Would I would pay good money if it did. Look at that. Look how cool that is. It keeps going off the page. I'm on IGN. It keeps I've seen it, John. Flipping the picture. Okay. I want to look at it. It looks cool. I it like it. It looks like a blue 3DS XL. With some, yeah, but, it's, with it's, it's, but it's like a grimoire. It's like the book that Elizabeth has. So that has personas in it. If you, Thomas, if you played Persona, you would, you, you would be crazy for this. I have one. I have a blue 3DS. Oh, this is like, I have imported this, the prototype from Japan, just this morning, Jonathan. And I will never let you touch it, or even see it. It's got, it's got the system and the soundtrack CD. It's, oh, it's awesome. Don't you have the soundtracks? Not, Not this is a game Persona that hasn't Q. even fucking been released yet. Oh. We will get Persona Q in the US in yeah, uh, yeah. the fall, right? What does the yeah. Q mean? Uh, it's a Japanese game. The Q doesn't mean, need to mean anything. Sean, tell Thomas about some other Persona titles. Let's see, there's Persona 4 Dancing All Night, which is their rhythm game. There's Persona 4 The Ultimate in Mayanok Arena. And there's Persona 4 The Ultimax Ultra Suplex Hold. So, Suplex Hold. Ultimate, yeah, Ultimax Ultra Suplex Hold. 
It's not just a suplex hold because it's, it's a fighting game. It's the, it's the Ultimax Ultra, Ultra Suplex Ultimax. Hold. Right. So, complaining about the Q and wondering about what the fuck the Q oh, is, I, you're not even touching it. Okay, I won't. I'll, I'll drop yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and a joystick article I, I also pulled up at the same time. There was some more Persona Q news. It's going to, you know, it's developed by the people who did Etrian Odyssey. It yeah. sounds like it's going to be a fairly in depth version of that kind of game. Yeah. Um, you'll have to, you know, draw your maps on the touchscreen and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. I've never played a dungeon crawler like this, but it's Persona, so I will. It's kind of weird because the... Well, they're not, like, exactly the same. Like, the Etrian Odyssey games are kind of of the same genre as the original Shin Megami Tensei, like the core Shin Megami Tensei games, of which Persona is a branch of. So it's like you're having this developer... This a developer famous for another style of dungeon crawler game make a dungeon crawler version of your spinoff from a dungeon crawler franchise. Like, it's just really... It's a really weird, like, sort of incestual relationship there. Yes. Yeah. Weird. Very weird. Um, but yeah, and, and we'll get more than just that this year. I'm so excited for the yeah. Persona games this year. Mostly for dancing all night. <laughs> yeah, that's the, yeah, that's that's the... I mean, you haven't even played Persona 4 Arena, so you can't even... Oh, I gotta get on Ultimax that. Ultimax Ultra Suplex hold yet. I'll get there. I'll get there. <laughs> I'm save, saving this stuff for a rainy day. Yeah. Don't want to, you know, blow all the Persona rut all the time. That, that's what I do constantly. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, so what else is going on in the news? Well, let's see. So, a big Sony news this week. Obviously, we've got to talk about this for a little while here. Sony has announced their own virtual reality headset yeah. in conjunction with the PS4. It's called Project Morpheus. It is endor- that's like the like the in development name. Like, who knows yes. what the final name will be? Uh, it is endorsed by Lawrence Fishburne. Yes, not really. And, but that and, would be and the main character from the Sandman graphic novels. What if they had and, brought like the Greek mythological god of dreams too? Yeah. I just, I just think it would have been awesome if they could have brought Lawrence Fishburne out on stage wearing Project Morpheus <laughs> to announce it. What if yeah. I told you PS4 was getting its own virtual <laughs> reality headset? Yeah. That could be pretty good. But no, it's that Project. Really you can take the Jewel DualShock Four and go back to your normal games, or you can take Project Morpheus and see how far this rabbit hole goes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, see, this would have worked. Yeah. But no. Project... Some, like, big, like, red leather back chair. Yeah. Project Morpheus, I have no interest in the slightest in virtual reality. Sean, what's your opinion on this? Uh, it seems pretty awesome to me. I, th- why you have no interest in virtual reality whatsoever. I just... Same with, like, motion controls and stuff. I just want to sit on the couch and play my games. I don't know. Oh, this really seems like... Games this... I'm just saying that's my bias. This seems like a very good implementation yeah. of it, overall. Oh, no, like, I think... I've been very... Because this is obviously, like, virtual reality has come back in a big way. You know, this, we are far away from the virtual boy days of virtual reality. Like, this thing will not be, like, in red and black. You know? No. Like... like so the Oculus Rift, which is sort of what has been making the rounds, it's only like you can only like get the development kit or whatever. It's not a retail product yet, but that's been sort of like going around. And and I have not bought one because you need a pretty powerful machine to run games off of it because you need to run games at 1080p at very high and very consistent frame rates. And you also have to render the image twice because you have to have a 3D effect. So that like requires obviously a very powerful machine. So I cannot run use an Oculus Rift, so I never bothered to buy one. But hearing the stories of it and like people who have used it and how cool that sounds and how far virtual reality must have come, I am tremendously excited for to be able to have access to a very similar product 
on a machine that I already own that I do not have to buy like a twelve hundred dollar computer to use. Well, this is this is what I think is cool about it is that because it's you know linked in the PS4 and the Sony ecosystem, that makes it more accessible than any virtual reality system that's ever come out. Yeah, and it's you know it sounds like it's very powerful. It looks like the headset is not all that you know it looks comfortable. It doesn't look too obtrusive. It's built to fit over glasses. I like that. Yeah. Um, and it can use, you know, it uses other things the PS4 has, like the Move functionality, like the DualShock 4 functionality, so they can, so developers can make a lot of different types of games with it and use the full power of the PS4. Yeah, so it's I think like all head of, tracking and stuff. Yeah. Yes, I think all of that is really cool. I'm just, I, I haven't read much about the Oculus Rift and stuff. It's virtual reality just isn't something that's ever caught my interest. But, you know, I've also, I don't know, I've, I've never seen like the thing that would catch my interest for it. So I don't know. Yeah, like just as an idea, it does nothing for me. If I were to maybe see this on a demo floor and it was something really cool, like they, the what, thing, what if they had a Persona game that was virtual reality? What if like they've made Persona Four virtual reality and you were in Inaba, like in your virtual reality headset, and you were like hanging out with Chie and Yuko? I, I would like, pay. What if they did that? Like, I, you're not seeing the potential. You do not understand. What could happen? Like, this would be the greatest thing, and it would destroy civilization. Well, yes. We would all die. Sean, you just sold me on it. Yes. Yeah. Like, I would I pay... Can, how can, like, how can you not be interested in the concept of virtual reality? You clearly have no imagination of, like, where that could possibly go. But my fear is that the, the game... Let go of your fears, Jonathan. Let it go. Fill your heart with hope, my friend. I, I just think there's a lot of... Things that, if you use your imagination, could be incredibly cool. That I don't, I don't know. I don't usually see game developers using things that are on the more gimmicky end of the spectrum in that way. But no, that Persona thing you just mentioned, I would pay any amount of money for that. And the first time I was legitimately interested in the Oculus Rift was when they said at South by Southwest last week there was a Game of Thrones exhibit where you could stand. You were. You had the Oculus Rift on. They were blowing cold wind and snow on you, and you were on the wall in Westeros. Yeah. That sounds amazing. I would like, love that. What if, Jonathan, instead of going to a movie theater, you could put on a thing on your head that was like projected a thing on a screen, but in a virtual environment that you could then walk around? It would be totally useless, but you could do it. It would be like a virtual <laughs> movie theater. You could be like, oh, there's the movie over there, and look, I can walk over here and see it at a different angle. No, I think it's... Instead I, of just doing that in your room with TV. I do, I do think it's a neat idea. Um... And I do think Sony seems to be implementing it the right way. But you you clearly have thought about virtual reality more. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, like I said, I think it's really cool. A lot of the... Like, obviously, this is really sort of, like, preliminary. They've been... I think they said they've been working on this since, like, 2010. So it's this has been long in development with a lot of different prototypes and stuff. And, like, this is probably far away from what the retail version of it's going to be. Like, this is, like, this is called Project Morpheus. This is, like, when Connect was first talked about, and it was Project Natal. You know, so we're going to get a really shitty name for it down the line. I mean, <laughs> it's possible. To be fair, Connect is a better name than Natal. Like, Natal is a terrible name for a product. Connect is not great, but at least you can make really dumb puns with it, you yes. know? But yeah, so we're this is we're probably like several years away from like at least probably like two years away from them talking about in depth like what like the retail version of the product is going to be like what its actual name is how much it's going to cost so it's hard to say like even like what the ultimate specs of it are going to be like what is going to be the resolution of the screens and stuff like that but it sounds like from the articles I've read the presentation that Sony gave to the press really impressed them and the the, the test the development kit really impressed them and just the the demos. And that it seems like Sony understands that this thing is not 
going to be used that it's like, oh, I'm going to take, you know, Killzone Shadowfall, let's say, and just like, and just play that on this headset. It's like, you could maybe theoretically do that, but that's not like what their intentions are. Like, the reason why they unveiled this at GDC is to get developers interested in it, because GDC is a developers conference. And so that's why they unveiled it there. And they understand that it's like you need to create unique experiences designed for this type of thing. Like you need to have virtual reality games and just putting virtual reality on top of anything is not going to work. Or if you, you do want to do that, you're going to like have to do a lot of work to shift the original experience to, to, make, to mold it around the virtual reality. So it seems like they understand what it has to be. And I, so I'm really excited that it's like this could have, this could very easily be fucked up. Like I, you know, you can be as pessimistic as you want and it there's a very good chance that it'll be fucked up but hey like there's also a i think a decent chance that this one will actually work well and again what's the coolest thing about this to me is it suggests that you know within this next lifespan of game consoles there are a lot of cool things that we could do beyond just the console itself yeah so the ps4 is this great hub you know already it's it's clearly a really good system really good foundation for the future and if this is something they can build on top of that not requiring you to have it to use your PS4, but something yeah. that could enhance your PS4 experience, that you, owning your PS4 could allow you to do this cool virtual reality stuff, that's a neat idea. Yeah, and then on top of that, like, if you think about other really gimmicky peripherals, like, you know, the so, like for Sony, like the iToy for the, the Connect. Two, yeah, the Connect for the 360, or even, like, going back to Sega and, like, the 32X, like, the reason all that, or the Sega CD, for God's sake, yes. like, the reason all that stuff generally failed was, like, mainly that there was no software for it. Like, you know, what's, like, Knuckle Chaotix is, like, the one Sega 32X game I can name off the top of my head, and Sonic CD is, like, the, the only, one CD. Is the only good Sega CD game I know of and the only one I've actually played. But, so, like, you, because you always have this awkward situation where you have the, a large install base with the console, and the peripheral comes out, and only a small portion of the people who own the console buy the peripheral, and that means that the people trying to make games for that product... If, you're, if you want to make a game, it makes much more sense to make a game that is designed for the larger user base instead of the smaller user base. I think a critical difference here with the virtual reality situation is that we've already seen with the Oculus Rift that indies on PC are kind of embracing that space and using that space to do really weird experimental things. And the fact that PS4 and Sony are embracing the indie development scene so heavily suggests to me that if this thing and hopefully when this thing comes out on the PS4 that that will provide an avenue for a lot of like really interesting software and you don't and if that happens then more people buy the thing because also virtual reality is going to be a thing that when people come over to your house and you're like do you have to check this thing out that that will be a very word of mouth thing if it works really well and so then more and more people buy it off of the indie games and then that has a large enough user base for AAA studios to come in like that's how I think that could work absolutely um very interesting. They've done such a good job courting developers in recent years. Yeah. It bodes well for this, definitely. Um, and I just I hope people embrace it and use it in a cool way because, you know, again, we will never know if the Kinect could have been a cool thing because no one made games using what its intended yeah. purpose was. Like, at this point, for the for the Xbox One, is there a single Xbox One game that uses motion controls? It's just Ubisoft's voice stuff. The Fighter Within, the, okay. the, the two-player fighting game that uses entirely voice, or the Kinect body controls to control your character, which okay. has gotten, which got not 
at all good reviews anywhere. I think it, when it came out, it was one of the worst reviewed games I'd seen in a very long time. So, yes. so, so there's one I know of, and then the Rare's new Connect Sports game is coming out sometime. Okay. Another Connect Sports? Yeah. Yes. Developed by Rare. They made good games I'm 20 years ago. Yeah. I need to get an Xbox One, guys. Yeah. But no, it's like, you know, they, they, they keep pushing the Connect down, you know, people's throats who want to buy Xboxes, but its stated purpose, which is as a camera, is not being used. Yeah. It's just so you can say voice controls, which they could have built into anything. Yeah. So well, as long as box. it was a microphone. Like, yeah. They could not build it into literally anything. Like, no. You could not. You could have a microphone into anything related to the Xbox, like your okay. controller, the yeah. system itself, that kind yeah. of thing. So, yes. A little weird. There is a microphone on the Wii U gamepad. There is, and there are. There's a level early in 3D World where you have to blow on the gamepad to progress. Isn't that like the only thing Nintendo has ever? Because like the DS had a fucking yes. microphone on yeah. it. That's the only thing I've ever seen that used for. Is just like just blow on it. Yeah, it was a, it's like I that's what was, I want to do with my I portable it was system. A, a, a WarioWare game where it would like implement your voice. Oh no, it was Animal Crossing where it could implement your voice into the animal sense. You just, like, said a few things, and it just was like, well, here's how your voice would sound if it were being said in gibberish, random... That almost... That kind of sounds terrifying, honestly. <laughs> I don't want to... I don't want to know what I sound like in, like, you know, their fake animal bullshit. Animalese, I think. Or, I don't know. Interesting. <laughs> well, anyway... I mean, if you play that backwards, it's like satanic chanting. Probably. Sony had some other news this week. They announced the first major firmware update for the PS4. Oh, right, yeah, I saw that uh, yesterday. Yeah, so, and it's not as big as I was maybe expecting of the first firmware update, but it does allow for some crucial functionality. Yeah. Um, you will be able, uh, HTCP support will yeah. be added, so you will be... Well, the they, they'll be turning it off. Oh, yeah. they'll be turning it off. That's not what I meant. <laughs> it's like it was off, and now they're adding support for it. It's like, oh, fuck. It's kind of confusing to talk yeah. about, yeah. you know? But yeah, no, you will be able to now capture stuff from HDMI, so use your Elgato devices very easy. Um, also, some in Improved share functionality. They will have an editing suite on the PS4, so you can do basic editing and touch-up of your videos, and you can export them to a USB flash drive, which is the coolest part of all of this, I think. Mm -hmm. So it's basically um, sort of beefing up the share functionality, and they've said in a subsequent update they are going to add Twitch and Ustream archiving. Yeah, and then also, hot breaking news I saw probably like an hour ago, well, probably two hours ago now, was that uh, apparently Jeff Keighley interviewed Shuhei Yoshida, and in that interview, Shuhei Yoshida said that also in this update, they will give the ability to dim the uh, DualShock 4 light bar. So, Thank Jesus. I need that. So that'll be nice, yeah. Here's the problem. like I, wa- I use my PS4 for watching all my Blu-rays and stuff, yeah. and, man, you just have to have it sitting there for like you know two hours while you're watching. It drains the battery, and it's this bright light, and I have to turn it so it's not facing the TV, otherwise it's glaring off. That will be very nice. I'm excited yeah. for that. I would love it if you could even have a setting just like if I'm not playing a game just have it off yeah I bet, I bet if they would add dimness they can add that too yeah, yeah like, we'll see how like how that works yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought, like I literally just saw that on Twitter so yeah <laughs> that's nice yeah Shuhei Yoshida good person to follow on Twitter yeah definitely so, alright um, he has the name Yoshi in his name this is true he's probably a secret a double agent for Nintendo <laughs> he probably has been like this whole time for like the past 15 years his plan is to make Sony look really good yeah. for some reason so Nintendo has like an underdog stance yeah. <laughs> no alright um, but yes I think this update sounds good definitely for some people this functionality will be more useful than others but I think I might be incentivized to use the sharing functionality yeah. more if I know I can take my game clips and put them on my computer and whatnot. 
and I'm glad that there's going to be you know Twitch archiving for the streams because all of those awesome streams of people's living rooms with that they use the playroom thing and just like sit there and live stream them doing nothing. I'm glad that's being recorded. Have you ever like watched any no. of that stuff? Like every once in a while, like like every like a week or two. I just like I'm on my PS4. I was like I was going to go to Netflix, and then I see the little like box that has the live from PlayStation. I'm like, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna see just what's <laughs> being live streamed. There's some weird fucking shit that people live stream. Of just like they're like it's literally every single live stream is people doing nothing. Like they're just sitting there on their couch. It doesn't even seem like they're aware that the PS4 is live streaming. It's just like and there's always because they have to do it through the playroom since you can't just live stream out the camera feed. You have to do the playroom to do it. So there's always like this fucking like robot just like kind of floating around that's part of that game. It's like it's really funny. You should just it's it's a it's a great way to kill like thirty minutes to just like like <laughs> browse through all those different streams. Nice. Or like find like foreign people playing like like the French version of Tomb Raider or something and laughing at their dumb foreign made up language. <laughs> well, have you heard about um, the, the shortage supply chains with the uh, PlayStation yeah. camera? Which is funny because it's like they've sold almost a million. To, so it's like really clear that Sony did not expect anyone to want to buy no. it at all. And then it's like because of the Playroom stuff kind of caught on with a certain audience, they're like, well, shit, I guess we actually have to make these things. Like, they probably just expected that thing to die out after the reaction, like, the harsh negative reaction to connect. They were probably like, well, we're not going to, like, make any of these things because clearly nobody wants anything like this. And then, ironically, everyone, <laughs> the people who bought PS4s want it now. And it's really funny. They've even said, you know, it's going to take us a significant amount of time to get supply back on yeah. shelves because they just did not expect this. Mm-hmm. So, if you want a PS4 camera, uh, scan eBay for the time being. Yeah. And be ready to pay a lot of money. Or, you know, try to just, like, live vicariously through all these live streams of people's living rooms who own the PlayStation 4 camera and just be like, what if I was these people? And I could just sit there with a beer staring at the fucking wall. <laughs> all right. So, Sony has found it a very interesting niche. Yeah. We'll see how they follow up on this. Uh, let's see. Any other news to talk about here? Uh, Titanfall for the Xbox 360 has been delayed once again to April 8th. And they still have shown absolutely nothing from that version of the game. Do, so. we, do we need to be worried yet? I've, like, I have no idea. Like, I have it's no weird. Idea, like, I have no idea if that version of the game is going to be compromised in any way because they've literally shown nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That could, be, uh, that, could, that could mean nothing. That could just mean they haven't shown anything. Yeah. Or it could mean something we'll see. I, I mean that they didn't want to show anything because they want everyone to buy the Xbox One version. Who knows? Yeah, it could be totally, you know, innocent. But I, I, would, if, if, I would like to hear the 360 version is good because I very well might play it. Yeah. Titanfall seems really cool. Although they also, the reports are this week, EA has signed a deal to distribute Titanfall yeah. 2 and it will not be a Microsoft exclusive. Mm-hmm. So I might just wait for the next one and play it on yeah. PS4. Especially, like, after hearing how dumb the their multiplayer campaign thing was that like that was another thing that they talked about like they never said anything about it at release other than we're going to have like this interesting multiplayer campaign mode that we want to like blend you know the big dramatic moments that you have in a single player campaign and sort of like put those into multiplayer and have sort of like a you know a context building story they see this like this is just like mp3 files that play while you're playing multiplayer matches no, that's disappointing. Yeah. You clearly did not come up with a creative solution to this problem. Which, you know, it doesn't need a campaign to work. We would like to have a Titanfall campaign yeah. just because it seems like it's a cool foundation. That yeah, you can but it's also like around. the game only has like five multiplayer modes. I don't, like, there's, yeah. there's some stuff about like after that game actually came out, like the content seems really light in kind of a way that it's like, you know, Team Fortress, I can play Team Fortress 2 for free and it has like 
200% the content that this game does. Right. So, a little weird. We, we shall see, however. Yeah. So, let's talk a little bit of movie news. All right. A um, couple things news here after the movies. to talk about. First thing I want to mention, because this happened last week, and it baffled me how much people were talking about this. But, you know, okay. All right. Batman versus Superman, whatever they end up calling that. Man of Steel 2, Dark Knight World's 4, finest. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they call it Dark Knight. No. Batman Begins 4. Yeah. <laughs> Batman Begins 4. That would be fantastic. Alright, so anyway. Batman Begins 5 and just pretend that Man of Steel was a fucking Batman movie the whole time. They could do that. Um, so anyway. Yeah, just release a version of Man of Steel where you just like digitally correct like Superman's costume to be black and it's like he's basically Batman in that movie anyways. Alright, so anyway, let's... Oh yeah, so Batman vs. Superman, they, that was going to come out 2015, they moved it to 2016, uh, to May 6th, 2016, which was the same date Marvel had one of their secret movies planned to come out. Now Captain America 3, right? It's Captain yeah. America 3, they've confirmed that, but before they confirmed that, Kevin Feige, the head of Marvel Studios, said, uh, hey guys, you know, we're, we're not moving that date, we like that date, everyone's you know, assuming we're going to move. Pack up your fucking cape and move, Superman. Basically what he was saying. <laughs> And, and also, Warner Brothers doesn't want to move, so everyone was like, oh my god, there's going to be this historic showdown. And then they announced it's Captain America 3, and all the headlines were, Captain America 3 is going to go up head-to-head with Batman vs. Superman. It's no, no, it's not. Yeah. You fucking idiots. That's not going to happen. Nothing like that has ever happened. Yeah, it's like some of the... Like, probably DC will move, I don't know. Yeah, DC, I mean, at this point, it would be more risky for DC. Captain America is better established... I mean, not than Batman and Superman separately, but just as a film franchise. Yeah. I think people like it more at this point. It's not divisive, and it'll be coming. It'll be the first one after Avengers two. Yeah. Uh, well, Ant Man will be there too, but it'll be the Can't first. Forget about Ant Man, John. Well, it'll be the first of the existing uh, Marvel superheroes yeah. to come out after Avengers two. I'm. It'll be a hit, I'm sure. And I think, yeah, people want to see Batman and Superman team up. But Man of Steel was very divisive. This is a new Batman. It's they're going in a different direction with it. There's no guarantee that's going to be that level of hit. Yeah. Is, so, uh, is Ben Affleck still Batman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Okay. I, I, I thought I heard you say something about. No, no. It was just it was everyone else on the internet that said yeah. that they didn't want him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and there was a bunch of misinformation out there that um, certain people were spreading about that he had left or something. He, he's not. Nothing has changed. The only thing that's changed. Ben is Affleck's really not Batman. And Matt Damon stepping in. Yes. No, it's Ben Affleck with Batman. And um, so, so anyway, no, no more George Clooney Batman. No, no. They did not bring him back. <laughs> That can reprise his role. It's not Batman and Robin 2. But yeah, see, it's... In any case, I just think this is funny because people keep talking about this. It's like, that's not going to happen. One of them is going to move. I'm sure it's going to be DC, in part because uh, Warner Brothers is not in the habit of releasing films that first week of May. That's traditionally Marvel's week. They've done much better in July or late June. So that's what they're going to do. It's, you know... And, and they're not going to go up head to head because both studios will know would know we're going to take such huge hits from this. Yeah, so. and you know, like, and, and, but like me thinking about this because the headlines are basically saying Batman and Superman going head to head with Captain America. Like that's what I see out of the headlines. Yeah, which like me being a comic book fan, like I'm not thinking about the movies. I'm thinking about Batman and Superman fighting Captain America, and unfortunately. I mean, Superman was just like, you don't, like, Batman's just like, you know, having Batman in that equation is like adding one to, like, two times ten to the 27th. It's like, versus, like, whatever fucking Captain America is. Batman doesn't contribute to that equation. But if you remove Superman because he's just, you know, overpowered, have Batman fighting Captain America, controversial opinion, Captain America would fucking beat Batman. Yeah, Captain America is more superpowered. Yeah. I mean, that is, yeah, that is exactly true. 
but Captain America also has like you know he's like everyone talks about Batman is so like dark and moody and shit fucking Captain America's killed people Batman can't even kill people Captain America's been in fucking World War 2 Captain America would kick Batman's ass he would and I am so psyched for the Winter Soldier yeah. the early reaction yeah. is like it sounds really good yeah and on top of that Captain America 3 will probably be a better movie than Batman vs Superman so almost definitely yeah yes uh, so anyway, let's move on. Uh, they we got. I just want to mention this because it highlights how pathetic this has all been so far. Yeah, we got our first piece of official confirmation of, from Disney about something Star Wars Episode yeah. Seven related, which has also been like some of my favorite headlines of how like nothing they are. I know. Well, it's hilarious because we don't report on this here because it's complete rumor and speculation. I don't know if there's any base to it. They keep... Not this many people can have been cast in the movie in the same part, but they keep announcing different actors have been cast, you know, Jesse Plemons and Adam Driver and Lupita Nyong'o and all these people have been cast in Star Wars but with no confirmations or anything. So, who knows? At one ben point... Ben Affleck's going to play Darth Vader. Yes, at one point it was totally true that Saurice Ronan was in it but that was like a year ago and we've heard nothing more. So it's... That's all bullshit until it's proved not. But they've confirmed that Star Wars Episode 7 will happen 30 years after Episode 6 and will feature a new trio of heroes in re- in, yeah. in addition to some returning faces. Yeah, and that is like literally the whole thing. Like the sentence that they said. And so it's like, I've seen on every single website Star Wars Episode 7 to be set 30 years after Return of the Jedi. It's like, wow, is that a news story? Like, what? Of course. What did you think is, like, since they're going, we know that, like, Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill are going to be back. It's like, of course it's going to be set, like, a comparable amount of time, because it's not going to be set the day later. This is like, what happened, Luke? It's like, man, war's hell, man. You (laughs) age like fucking war, apparently. Yeah, so, yeah, that's not how, it's just, it's, it's weird. I think people are so starved for Star Wars 7 news. It's pathetic, and I think it's hilarious that, you know, they still have not released... It's shooting in May, and we know nothing about it. Yeah. So... Which, we know that it's set 30 years <laughs> after the events of Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi, and that it features a new cast along with some old returning classics. Yes. So we learned absolutely nothing, but it's news. Yeah. Do you think Jar Jar Binks will be in it? No. no. Okay. No, there's no... There's no... Chance. What or about like J.J. Abrams? No, J.J. Abrams is shooting this fucking thing on 35mm. He's not doing oh. Jar Jar. J.J. Abrams is going to, because that's going to be his cameo. He's going to put on like a Jar Jar suit. And got, <laughs> they're all going to go back. I mean, it's, it's technically possible because Naboo is like a relatively significant planet in Star Wars, so they might go there and there might be some Gungans, but apparently. It's not going to be a plot point, I would imagine. You know, the, those last 13 episodes of Clone Wars came out on Netflix? Right, yeah. I still need to watch those. Uh, appara- it's, it's four story arcs, and apparently yeah, one of them. One of them is Jar Jar. <laughs> That's hilarious. So their last four stories, one of them is. Demotion well, they didn't Jar-Jar. realize it was going to be one of their last I, I know, four stories. It was know. already in production. There, there, there are several Jar Jar stories in that series, and most of them are really fucking bad. Yeah. Well, as Jar Jar is. Yeah. Uh, other piece of Disney news: They announced at the D two three Expo, right. Cars three. Of course, the the, uh, se- yeah. the hotly anticipated sequel to the much beloved car franchise. It's just yeah, it's it's inevitable. It has to happen. Yeah. They're going to make it happen, come hell or high water, because those movies make insane amounts of merchandising money. But you know, I mean, they could make cars just with you know stick figure drawings. And just or that, just like literally with like Hot Wheels. Yeah, and they would make just incredible amounts of money. 
More interestingly, oh, Thomas, did you have something to say? Did Planes ever come out? Yes. Yeah. It was, and they're and making, didn't, they, was didn't they make that it was going to be direct to DVD and then it got a theatrical release? Did yes. That happen? And they've already announced Planes 2 for later this year. <laughs> okay. Later this year? Yes. Oh, oh wow. They're really, they're really pumping those planes yeah. out. Yes. When are we going to get boats? Is that ever going to happen? <laughs> I hope so. Boats and then like motorcycles and then bicycles. A, I want to get a tugboat. <laughs> tugboat? <laughs> tugboat. He would probably be the main character. He's, you know... The little tugboat that could. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. So anyway, more interesting. Trolleys. More interestingly, they announced the incredible. We good? Okay. More interesting. Just feats. Yeah. Just disembodied feats. Yeah, the world of disembodied feats. <laughs> yeah. Cars is creepy enough as it is. <laughs> feats. Yeah. Eventually they'll get there. If they keep on like it's like milking this thing. Eventually they'll come out with feats. Yes. Alright, anyway, more interestingly, they did announce The Incredibles 2. Ice Skates. This is a sequel that has been, you know, talked about since The Incredibles came out. It's, argu- it's arguably Pixar's most acclaimed film. Um, definitely the one that I think people want a sequel to the most. Uh, if, we, if we consider that Toy Story is kind of its own thing, because it had a sequel very early on. We're not talking about this, I guess. You, you go on, Sean. Camels? Actually, people don't ride camels. Their they're, they're, they're skeletal structure is not fit for it. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going on until you're finished, so keep going. If we can count fictional creatures, dragons. You can also, because I've moved to like other modes of locomotion, that you can have living creatures. Like, you can make a fucking horses movie, because everyone loves horses, and it can still technically be part of the franchise, because it's just pluralizing a mode of locomotion, and that's it. Speaking of uh, modes of Trains. locomotion, the next title update for Minecraft on the Xbox yeah. and PlayStation 3 you can now control a pig that you're riding with a saddle with a carrot on a stick. Yeah. Pigs. Pigs with carrots on sticks. Yeah. I mean, that's been the piece Dragons would be a cool movie, though. Yeah. Speaking of dragons, <laughs> we went and saw the Lego movie yesterday. Yeah. Really great movie. I'm glad I got to see it. How to Train Your Dragon 2 looks terribly, terribly bad. We did see a lot of bad trailers. And did they figure movie. out how to train the dragon in the first movie? They did. So, yeah. so why do you have What's, to do it again? I don't know. I, there might be more dragons. Really, that movie had nothing about how to train a dragon. The dragon was just nice and the yeah, kid got on him. It. It's a fucking terrible movie. Everyone's like, oh, this is one of the best animated movies ever. No. If you've seen any kid's movie in which the kid has an animal friend, you've seen a better version of how to train your dragon. That's an unpopular opinion, I know, but yeah. Can you just give an example? E.T. It's the story of E.T., basically, in a lot of ways. Except he doesn't ride E.T. He does not ride E.T. He He rides his bike. Flying bicycles propelled by (laughs) alien magic. Aliens. (laughs) They already made that movie, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) That's some intellectual property, right? Battles over that one. Disney would win. They would make it work. (laughs) Yeah, they would just... Alright, can we talk about The Incredibles 2 now? Sleds. No. So we can't talk about it? Yeah, no, we can move on. Okay. Flying through Superman powers. <laughs> I'm so grappling, gonna... grappling hooks. Grappling hooks? There's one. This is really hard. This is actually kind of fun trying to come up with every single mode of locomotion they possibly can. How is the grappling hook a, load of, a mode of locomotion? <laughs> well, okay, if you're like Spider-Man, like think of it that way, like kind of grappling hooks. That it's like you, if you have it conveniently set up, like say some like enterprising citizen of New York City decides to swing every single like big construction crane it's all like uh, parallel to one another, so and then you can swing between them to get to the climax of the movie. <laughs> you can do that. 
That trailer, there's a new trailer for that. that yeah, the, it's that it's cool. even more spoilery than ever. They're just, I, they yeah, want, I didn't even watch that one. They though. want you to know every plot point of that movie before it comes out. Did it's they just amazing. show Gwen getting dropped off a bridge at some point? <laughs> no, but they have. There's no even like vague amounts of you know doubt about the Green Goblin now. Yeah, well, I mean, they straight up just showed him in the first one, and it's obviously Harry and not Norman. Yeah, like, no. The, that was the first trailer. Yeah, that's why I was confused because I thought Electro was the villain of the movie. Apparently, well, you know how he we, is and he isn't. You know how we said in the first trailer was like this is all Green Goblin. The second trailer was all Electro. The third one is a really good trailer, but it's like I have no idea what the balance is anymore because yeah. it's like they're both in there and it keeps going back and forth. And Rhino, yeah, Rhino's in there. And tentacles. That's another one. Tentacles is another mode of locomotion. Yeah. Oh, okay. Tentacles. Because right. I was thinking about Dr. Octopus. Yes. And it's like he has metal tentacles, but then actual octopuses have real tentacles. Fins. The... Mm, sure. Fins. I mean, fins, I feel like fins is more like guiding. It's like like tail is like really where the propulsion yeah, they comes from. You could just do fish, though. Oh, they're out there doing a sequel to Finding Nemo. Would you, do, would you call it fish or would you call it fishes? I'd call it... Fish is the plural. Fishes. I'd probably call it fishes. Okay. But fish is a plural of fish. Yeah, yes. but then the plural... I've heard it said... I've heard it said... I think it's if there are different species Yeah, that's what I've heard. I've heard... Fishes. I have actually had this conversation just two days ago with someone. I don't, don't ask me how this came up. But yes, fish is the plural of fish within the single species of fish. Yeah. A species of fish, I should say. And that fish is, is multiple species of fish that you were referring to. Yes. Nice. Yeah. And yeah. octopuses is a totally fine pluralization of the word octopus. Oct- octopus is a Greek word, so octopi makes no sense. Octopi would be if it was Latin. Well, so you should call it acceptable. Octopus. It's acceptable, it's but acceptable. It's, it's, it comes from a, a misunderstanding about language. Speaking of grammar stuff. I, Where is this fucking point? I'm I, so sorry. I was trying to talk about I'm The Incredibles so 2, and you would not let me talk about it. So anyway, but I want to say something. In Wind Waker... You have to do. You have to sidle along walls. You know the word yeah. sidle. Yeah. Thomas says it siddle. He has been ever since he played that game when he was a kid, and he will not accept that he's wrong. I, no, I will accept that the word is pronounced sidle. I, I accepted that yesterday when we were talking about it because I've used that word in other contexts and I've said sidle. How often do you use the word? Never. I've that's been, why it doesn't the, fucking yeah, the matter. The time I ever use that word probably is in context with a video game. Yeah, but no, like so I was Wind Waker. I say sidle because it's more fun and it really pissed you off. No, but it was hilarious sidle. because Tom, I was sidle. I was playing the game and he was and sidle. I had I had to sidle across the wall. Yeah, to sidle. And and Thomas said, oh, and I'm, and I didn't know how to get across because I had never done that before. And he's like, oh, you have to do the sidle, and I'm like. Is that an item? What's a siddle? And he's like, it's, you have to siddle. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, it's just siddle. You, you know the word siddle? And I'm like, and then the word That's pops up, I and said. I'm like, I said, you run against the wall, and it'll it'll prompt you to siddle. Yeah, you have to siddle, and then once you get to the end, you have to climb up the ladder. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Can I talk about The Incredibles 2 now? Sure. All right. Anyway, the point was they're making a sequel to it. It's an interesting move. Um because this is the Pixar sequel that's definitely yeah. been most requested and it makes the most sense of all of them. Um, because it's also, you know, superhero movies are fucking huge now. Yes. So, you know. It would make sense. And I, and I would like if... And here's the thing. They have not announced any details outside it is being made. I, yeah. I hope this means it's Brad Bird wanted to make yeah. it and said, I've got, I've got a story now. Because he said over and over again, I will make this when I have a story. Until then, I don't want to make it. Which is the, the best artistic stance you can have on that. Yeah. Um, if he has a story and he wants to make this film and he is in control, I'm on board. I want to see The Incredibles 2. If it is absolutely anybody else, I don't give a shit. That's, it's, it's a Brad Bird movie through and through. He made it work. That's why The Incredibles is a good movie. Yeah. Um, 
if it's just they it's if it's a cars two cars three scenario you know that's horrible yeah okay I've got another one now yes this is inspired by Incredibles because it's relevant but it's actually inspired by X-Men because Incredibles just takes like all their powers from Fantastic Four and X-Men yes mm-hmm. ice slides because Frozone in Incredibles and Iceman in the X-Men propels himself forward somehow even though it defies the laws of physics by generating ice underneath him of which he slides along in like big ice slides so ice slides that could be another part of the Cars franchise along and, with jetpacks and hovercrafts and speaking of the simil- space shuttles yep and speaking of the similarity to, uh, to Fantastic Four and X-Men I think it's interesting you know when The Incredibles originally came out it came out a year before that first Fantastic Four movie god that was, that, that was a long time ago yes a long time ago and it was it was part of what was attributed to the failure of Fantastic Four is you put them next to each other and The Incredibles yeah. is not it's a, a much fa- better Fantastic Four movie than yes. their Fantastic Four movie it even explores you know the themes that that movie should have explored yeah, better family in, yes and and obviously you just the world didn't need a Fantastic Four movie because Incredibles was so good um they're making another Fantastic Four movie right now yeah I think this is interesting that it's coming out it's coming back when Fantastic Four is trying to come back yeah. so yes anyway is that still Fox that owns Fantastic yes, Four yes they own yeah. Fantastic Four and X-Men um yeah Silver Surfer technically is, yeah. yeah maybe they'll make another Silver Surfer movie Maybe they'll just make a straight up Silver Surfer movie. Silver Surfer is actually pretty cool. He 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 was cool in the Fantastic yeah. Four movie. Um, that was an okay Fantastic Four movie. Not bad. Not particularly good. I liked Captain America. Yeah, that's as, not where that's as like a, uh, as Johnny Snow or whatever he is. Johnny Snow, the oh, fire guy. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny Storm. Not, Johnny Storm. Yeah, Johnny Snow, guy. the Human Torch. What a great name for a dude who lights himself on fire as fucking power. Yeah, you'll Johnny never, fucking Snow. You'll never see it coming. His life is defined by irony. Yeah. <laughs> like he goes up against Doctor Doom. And says, who are you? I'm Johnny Snow. Flame on. He's like, what? <laughs> Flame on! Your name is Johnny Snow! You're supposed to shoot fucking snowballs at me, not fucking fireballs. Yeah, but see, he'll never see it coming. Exactly. All right, this pod... Doom would never anticipate Johnny never. Snow. <laughs> this podcast has gotten horribly off track. <laughs> but I want to share one last thing. Okay, sure. Sean, will you do a dramatic reading of something with me? Uh, sure. I what had the most entertaining text conversation in the world with Thomas a couple weeks ago. See, this, this was entertaining for you. This was routine for me. Okay. Okay. Sean, that out there. Uh, let me set the context, and then Sean, you can I can do a dramatic reading of it. All right. All right. Um, I should say I have not, not seen this. I don't know what this is about. Yes. This so, is not pre-planned. So Thomas, so I have an Amazon account. Thomas orders stuff off that Amazon account too, which means I get the shipping emails. And one day I saw that Thomas had ordered a top hat on Amazon. <laughs> so, Sean... This could have gone so many different directions, I was waiting for you to tell me, like, what was the horrible thing? I'm going to read blue, you read white. Blue, okay. this was me. So, I say, why did you order a top hat? Uh, just needed a top hat. What do you need a top hat for? For Top Hat Tuesday. Uh, is... is that a thing? It will be. <laughs> what the fuck, Thomas? You say that like that's such a weird thing. It is! It is! What do you mean? Like, like, it was totally fine. It was totally fine until you said it will be. Like, if Top Hat Tuesday was, like, something at, like, school or, like, work or something that's like, we have this wacky Top Hat Tuesday, and it's like, okay, I'm going to buy Top Hat That's exactly what we're talking about, though. If you're starting a thing, you need to buy the thing. But, no, 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 it's not normal. I was saying, yeah, it will be. Because now we're going to have top hats. No, Thomas, you don't understand. It's not normal to start Top Hat Tuesday. It is normal to 
begrudgingly accept Top Hat Tuesday as a fact of your life and go along with it because it would be harder not to. That's what I want to do to other people. That's not that's, that's not why normal. I've in with people. That's sadistic. Who that's wants evil. To be normal. How is that sadistic? Wearing a You're, top hat is delightful. No, it's wearing like a bow top tie hat. Monday. It's something that you just start and you just keep no, going. Thomas, Thomas, because bow ties are the best. Bow ties are cool. Top hats are acceptable in certain situations. They're also cool, but. Like trying to socially pressure other people into wearing bow ties. Socially pressuring other you, people. Well, you're naming a day off of top hats. Yeah, I know. How is they have social bow ties too, but not everyone needs to wear a bow tie. Just the people that want to so wear bow ties. Now, but now you're basically telling me that Top Hat Tuesday is not going to be a thing because nobody else is going to do it. It's no, there are, there are like six other people doing it. Okay, that's not that's not a day. That's not a day of six people. It's All a day who, who happen to enjoy wearing it's top hats. It's a day hats. in our social group. Yeah, you know, but it's, it's not. Kind of a, you it's can't like call it top hats. Tuesday. Yeah, you can. No, you can't. You, you have, have to. You have to have more influence to name.